Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode number 74. Nick, I almost pulled a you and said, like, some I know, number. right? <laughs> I actually just looked at it on the YouTube page and I was like, wait, what are we on? 73, 74, 75, one of those, but 74. And that's where we're at this week, folks. Nick, you're not in studio and people probably are like, dang, your audio sounded so good last week. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Eventually, uh, when I get set up a whole studio and everything like that, I'll have a good camera, a good microphone. We'll, we'll go back to some decent quality. I'll get a green screen. So it'll look like that I'm in studio every single time, but for now we're going to have to make do. Bring out the content. Oh, man. I We're going to have to pull up almost every episode where Nick says, in the future, when I get a camera. <laughs> in the future, yeah, I, I know, right? Everybody, this is how it goes. I got him a tripod for this. And it doesn't look bad tonight, but it, it got left in Massachusetts. So we'll yeah. have to try again. I'm going to yeah. ship directly to his house. <clears throat> okay, cool. Enough razzing, Nick. And enough people do that as is, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Tonight. Really cool show. Oh, by the way, I've got a lot of buttons. We still got Ben, our, we're going to call him our intern producer until he's officially the producer. Say hi, Ben. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> he's always going to be that background noise saying yeah. hello. And then we have back in studio. Um, uh, how do I pull this up? Here we go. Let's try this way. This should work, everybody. Oh, there you go. Take this Hey, out. there we go. I How's like it going, that. guys? Evan is back in studio. How did you? How was your uh, weekend snow activity? Yeah, you guys couldn't remember uh, skiing. skiing. <laughs> a lot of people do it. I thought yeah. it was skiing. <laughs> no, we- I'm just playing around. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it, the season's been a little slow to get snow. Uh, some places are making a lot of snow. Some places are not making as much snow. Uh, but no, it was still fun. Not a lot of crowds that weekend. I went yesterday and it was lying as far as you could see. It was a lot less fun as far as lines go. You just stand around but and wait. still fun to ski, yes. We we were just laughing because we're like, what's the politically correct way not to offend the skiers by saying snowboard yeah, or vice versa? That's exactly. Funny. No, I thought you guys did a great job. I appreciate it. My brother filled in for you. It was not the same. Yeah. And, and when I Skype in, I got all the ski maps behind me. So you guys should know, like, wow, those are ski maps. What's the difference between a ski map and a snowboard map? Okay, that's fair. So I, I, I didn't think about that. Whoops. Okay. So that's, I mean, today we got six inches of snow, but it turned to rain for like hours. And I have a video. I'm not going to pull it up on here, but it was like a literal river, a couple inches, four, three or four inches going across my driveway today while I'm out there trying to snow blow. <laughs> It's just horrible. So that's kind of the weather situation. We do have Chris Dickerson coming on later, and as in later, as in like 15 minutes from now. So stick around. Thanks, everybody, for joining. We have uh, a fair amount of live guests right now listening, but we want to see those likes kind of progress. So if you're watching live right now, it's pretty easy. Hit that thumbs up. We appreciate it. The algorithm's moving from foundation podcast to here. Be very helpful to start making this channel active again. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, a few things have happened since um, we last met. Some of them significant. We're going to talk about them, like Haley going to Innova. That's a topic we're going to get to. <clears throat> I think we addressed this, but Paul left Foundation. If not, we're going to just mention, make mention of that, the Foundation, mm-hmm. um, as in like Foundation Disc Golf, <laughs> not his Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, a lot of other topics. But since last week, 
Nick, disc golf has kind of started, right? Kind of. Like, yeah, it's, maybe. It's finally starting back up. Yeah, there's tournaments going on down in Florida. They just had the first AT of the year down in Arizona. With uh, We'll talk about it later, but the Shelly Shot Memorial just happened. You can check out the coverage of that on the uh, Disc Golf Guys channel, Terry Miller's. And uh, it was kind of nice to watch disc golf again. And I've seen coverage of Vista over and over and over. And so it gets repetitive watching that course for me. But at the same time, it is fun to see my friends out there competing, having a good time, and much, much warmer weather than I'm sure what we are dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah. Warmer, sunnier, yeah. nicer, shorts, T-shirts, just generally uh, nice. So Statman, though, we're going to warm him up a little bit. I said, what do you got prepared? Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, we're going to talk a little bit. So Give us the rundown, Evan. What did you come up with for this? Anything interesting? Anything at all that you came up with? We'll react to that. Yeah, well, uh, to start with the MPO side, uh, Anthony Barella took it down. Um, he defeated Adam Hammes, who was a two-time runner-up going into this. Uh, I think he finished ninth overall. Um, but he was Barella a took two-time it- champion. He was the reigning champ. Yeah, two-time reigning champion. Yeah. I don't know if I said that correctly. but He's he a won- runner-up. Oh, whoops. I'm... Uh- <laughs> It's the it's the beginning of the it's season. The we're, getting, we're getting warmed yeah. up. Hey, we already good. said we're, that it's going to be the we're so, figuring it out. We yeah, Hamas won the Shelly Sharp Memorial in both 2020 and 2021. It is 2022 now. Uh, Anthony Brella takes it down. He actually took down this tournament in 2019 as well, um, and um, that makes him uh, tied for uh, second most wins at Shelly Shelly Sharp Memorial in the last like 10 to 15 years behind. Um, Paul Ulibar, who's won this four times, uh, but there's a lot of uh, duplicate winners. Uh, Ricky Wysocki won it twice, Hamas, Ulibarri, um, and so on. Um, on the FPO side, uh, Jennifer Allen took it down. She is the FP40 Masters World Champion. I don't know exactly how that title goes, uh, but from last year, she took down um, uh, FP40. She's playing an FPO. Uh, she won by, I believe, nine strokes um, over yep. Callie McMorrin. Um, I don't have this on fr- in front of me going off memory, getting the season again. Uh, but she beat Owen Scoggins by, let me pull this up real quick. Pulling 18. it up by 18 strokes. Um, uh, Allen is now four and three in Arizona FPO events versus Scoggins. And uh, that was her first win ever in an Arizona event, which is, I believe, Jennifer Allen's home state, or at least it's listed on PDGA. Owen Scoggins is from California, though, but. Mm-hmm. This is the seventh event with both of them. First time Jen Allen's taken it down. She had five straight podiums without a wind in Arizona FPO events with Owen Scoggins in the field prior to this. So she finally took it down, took down the win, and by a lot. So, yeah, she's Jennifer Allen. Unique throwing style, can throw really far. She can take down the events, and there's nothing to be taken away from. But these are the events that she should take down. Congratulations to her against Owen Scoggins. I mean, my reaction is they're probably very equal-esque, in my opinion. React to that. Nick, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it all depends. Like you were just saying, it all depends on what course you're putting them at. I think this course, Jennifer definitely has an advantage over Owen, but on a wooded course, you see Owen throughout the year has done extremely well on wooded courses. Owen's a very, very, very good putter. Um, Jennifer is a very, very good driver. And so on a course like Vista, very open, very bomber friendly um it definitely played to her strength and unfortunately i haven't seen any coverage of it i don't know if there is going to be but um it looks like the way that she was averaging her ratings i mean she played above her rating 
Um, so her putting must have felt pretty good. So maybe that's something that she improved on in the off season. But nonetheless, big congratulations to her. And then Callie McMorrin, second place. Um, I don't know too, too much about Callie's game. I've never really seen it that much. Uh, I think she's just a pretty consistent player all around the board. But a good second place finish at an A tier to start the year. It's definitely got to be, you know, a nice jump in the right direction. Yeah, I've actually had the privilege of filming around with Callie McMorrin out at Wild Horse. <clears throat> um, and yeah, you just described it. Really consistent, solid player. I don't think you're going to see many explosive rounds out of her, like Katrina or Haley or Paige, like mm -hmm. names who mm -hmm. can explode, but consistent and put her up against any regional FPO player. And she should be at the top, you know, like that, like she's not subpar. Well, isn't yeah. it weird when you use subpar in the game of golf, like describing it? Yeah, <laughs> she, no, right? she is subpar probably. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for bringing that. Anything else that stands out about that event? Um, I mean, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, um, uh, longtime player Dan Ginnelly. Ginnelly, anyone know how to pronounce that? No, I believe he is a seven-time nope. uh, Shelly Sharp uh, Memorial winner. So I mentioned Paul Uelbari had four wins um, at this event, uh, which I would have to go back and double check, but I believe is the second most Uelbari with four. But Dan Ginnelly with seven or Ginnelly. I'm sorry. Nice. It's like I people, guess I mean people spelling your name wrong. Yeah, right? it's like Jeremia, right? Yeah, yeah, Jeremia, yeah. I'm still blown away by that. But uh no, on the uh on the MPO side it's kind of funny cuz you guys a couple guys from Minnesota and Wisconsin doing pretty well at the event. Adam in ninth place didn't have a stellar last round, but Kayla Abisco from Minnesota getting second place at this event traveling all the way out there for it. Drew Gibson in third, Nick Newton fourth, and then Jordan Castro fifth. So that's kind of rounding out your top five. But then a big shout out to Jacob Curtis, who's also known as Cupcake. If you see him mm -hmm. in the chat, he's Cupcake Discs. But he threw up a 1090 rated final round. Not sure if that's course record at Vista. I don't really know. Kale shot a 1081 final round to try to push it with AB. AB did clutch up at the end, though, to eventually take down the win. But definitely starting, we've already got a 1080 round. We've already got a 1090 round going this year. And Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, but did we have any 1100 rated rounds last year? I Man, don't think we did. Do I got to bring up that stat or fiction question? No. Is that is, we why, did is that, that. I, know. I was gonna say I was gonna say we've done that right. Yeah. So just making sure I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk nonsense really quick. But no eleven hundred rated rounds last year. Is there gonna be one this year? We got close to it. We got a ten ninety going on. But yeah, I think ultimately we're gonna have some big tournaments this year. I wouldn't be surprised if someone pops off at Vegas for an eleven hundred or even Memorial. I mean Memorial is the place to get an eleven hundred rated round for a lot of pros. And I know a decent amount of them. It's not in the Pro Tour or Silver Series anymore. But a lot of pros do like starting off their year at the Memorial Championships. But I'm just curious. I'm hoping that there's going to be at least one 1100 rated round. All right. I'd like to shoot an 1100 rated round. You I can do it, Nick. Cool. We'll talk about it on the show. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to transition a little bit here. Like I said, Chris Dickerson coming on soon. But my question mm -hmm. is, what are these events preseason? I'm calling them preseason. Technically, once the season's over, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is going to begin the preseasons like this in the future, um, like right away. But I guess I just mean historically preseason. So like this um, and others that lead up to the Memorial. Um, what, did that, what does that tell us about the players who win it or play it? You don't see like a Paul McBeth or a Chris Diggers. You don't see the big, you don't see Ricky. Um, you don't see Paige. That's a whole nother conversation, Paige playing events recently. But mm -hmm. what does it tell us? Like Hamas won some of those events last year. 
And we were like, yeah. ooh, we're getting pumped up on him. A B. Wow, he's gonna be awesome. And then like, does it actually tell us anything if the actual competition isn't there? Or is it just to say, well, those players are looking for fun warm-up? I think I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both. I mean, you still had stellar players at that event. You had Adam at 1041, KL ten thirty-five, Drew ten thirty-five, Austin ten twenty-eight, A B ten twenty-four, um, with a lot of notable names above the ten ten mark. Um, so I think it's it's a good warm-up tournament in the sense of it's good to get out there. It's good to get that competitive edge again. It's good to potentially seal down a win to start the year. I know last year Adam started out with the Shelly Sharp win and then the Maricopa win and then went on to, you know, win a couple of Elite Series events that year, uh, last year. So I think it all depends on who you are as a player. I mean, Anthony or AB and Adam are both out in Arizona right now, so why not play that event? I mean, if I was out in Arizona, I would be doing the same exact thing. Um, or even, you know, if I was in Florida, I'd play an event that's going, Florida's already had a numerous, uh, you know, a number of events going on this year. So it, but it all just depends. Yeah. But if you, if you won that event, well, I mean, that's a different conversation because you're Nick Carl, but like, if you won that event, what would we base that off of for the rest of the season's conversation? Like would talk shows like this be like, Nick Carl just won. We can expect a massive year out of him. Like, does it actually mean something to win that event? And that's maybe I'm just digging too hard. I think, I think to a point, yes. I mean, obviously a lot of these players are playing the Memorial Championships. Mm -hmm. And so this already gives them a little bit of a practice advantage and a tournament advantage of playing Vista for these three rounds. I know you play Fountain two rounds, Vista two rounds. So it gives them a little bit of an advantage in that sense of things. Um, I don't think we're going to base the whole year like AB's win at this tournament. Am I going to say he's going to win an Elite Series? I don't know. I hope mm. so. I would love it if AB won an Elite Series. But you can't. I mean, this is, like you're saying, this is just an A tier right now it's easier it's not a to, massive event it's easier to stand out when you you listed like five good names there are five good names but to make it on the lead yeah. card is not that hard um i say that hard i'm not saying i could do it i just mean in the spec the the realm of pro disc golf it's not that hard <laughs> if you're that tier um cool so we also i wanted to start this conversation i'm gonna let evan react if he wants to um I always, I'm interested in Evan's opinion. I think the rest of the world is too. So there was discussion on different talk shows, podcasts, disc golf world. Ricky said so himself in these interviews, like Discraft, and I'll use the word courted him. Like they were, and Paul talked about it in an interview this last week or two. Like Discraft reached out to Paul and was like, hey, we're making an offer to Ricky. <clears throat> Like, I want to make sure, not that you're okay with it, but I just want you to know so it's not a blind side if it happens. My, my question is this. Not like, should Ricky, could Ricky have gone there? Would it have worked? Any of that. But like, where would Discraft stop? If they got Ricky and then they had the opportunity to get Eagle, would they get mm -hmm. Eagle? If they had the opportunity to get, pick any of the, not, is there a stopping place where they're like, we don't have any more money? Would that have been it with Ricky? Or like, would they just collect all of the top players? Or is there like a marketing brand here where they're like, we're only going to get like the top two best and that's it. Like, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's their perspective, Evan? I, uh, any idea? I, I see no problem with them trying to get everyone. I think it's kind of an interesting, uh, like kind of economic proposition. If is that the right word? I don't sure, even know. Sure. But uh, to think about that, like if they pick up Ricky, they just picked up Chris Dickerson. If they also picked up, uh, let's say Eagle, uh, Eagle uh, let's say they pick up Calvin or something. If they keep on picking up like all the top five and then go to top 10 players, 
sure they could afford it now, but like then you're going to have other companies who are going to up their game and pay even more. <laughs> and then the question is, okay, can now Discraft, they can pay for them now. Can they pay for them when it gets kind of pushed up and then it kind of is almost like a, can we do player caps eventually? Well, like <coughs> salary it'll, it'll just be like an endless circle, you know, like, okay, now it's four years, million plus for Chris Dickerson. Now let's say if they picked up the rest of the top five and, you know, eight out of 10 of the top 10, then it's like, okay, Chris Dickerson, like he might just get courted to somewhere else for four years, three or four or five billion. Like, even though he probably doesn't deserve more than Paul or Ricky, <laughs> someone might just be wanting to pay that just so they have someone in the top 10. I know. So like, would they stop? I don't know. Nick, you're part of team Discraft. I mean, is it, does it, does it make sense for them to try to get every player? Like, would they? Or do you think it's like, hey, we've got a chance to get, like, arguably the number one current best player? Well, I think that's – you have to look because I know they call it a team. And mm -hmm. It does trickle down. So if Paul wins a tournament, it helps out Discraft and it helps out every player that is sponsored by Discraft. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that is wrong at all. But at the same time, like, every manufacturer wants to get that next world champion. MVP got that last year with James Conrad. You know, Discraft wants to court people. Discraft believes that Chris Dickerson is someone who could go out and win the world championships. Because when you win the world championships, and especially if something massive happens at the world championships, look how much media exposure that gives to your company. And then it also, it trickles down into, we made an investment and now we're going to make a crap ton of money because of that investment. So essentially, I think every company, you get the top five players in the world every single year. But... I don't know logistically how well all that works. I mean, I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to go for every single top player. But at the same time, when you put so much investment in one player, then you got to kind of start, okay, we're putting this investment in you, but you're not getting as much as this other player. So, yeah, I think that's kind of my take on it. I mean, why wouldn't they go for every single player? Because I think eventually it turns into an investment, but we don't see it to where, you know, not one company has every single best player in the world right now. They're kind of spread out <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, kind of spread out. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. They got Chris Dickerson. Imagine had they also, would they also have gotten Ricky? Like, or did this shake out the way it did because Ricky said no? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just curious because mm -hmm. I had heard in previous seasons they tried to get Eagle. And maybe that's speculation too. But like, everyone's trying to get everybody. I liked your take, Evan, on it. But without further ado, we're not going to keep him in the dark or in the green room or virtual world all alone by himself. He can join the show. <laughs> Let's bring him in. We're going to swap out here, Evan, for just a minute. <clears throat> but Evan, you can chime in anytime you want. We'll pull you right back up. Welcome to the show, Chris Dickerson. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, welcome to the Nick and Matt show. We've had you on before. I think we even did a two truths or a lie with you. We might have did judge yep. that disc golfer. I can't remember. Yeah, we did. Because yeah, I, we did. We asked how far you could throw a disc. Do you remember what you answered or what you would answer today? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, I would say max distance 600 or okay. just below. Um is that accurate or no? Is that what I said or no? Nick, do you remember I what I remember. said? No, no, I don't remember. I, I think know he had a very real answer compared to other people. Like, I think, 
I think he said golf distance was like 475 to 500, but then max distance was 575 to 600, maybe. But I remember him saying like a very real answer compared to a lot of other people who throw out, oh yeah, I throw 550 <laughs> feet, no problem. And I'm like, gotcha. So you throw further than a majority of the top pros. Yeah. He said, he said golf distance. I believe you did say 450, but you, you clarified and you said like accurately and and 450 accurately is elite. Nobody questioned that. That is elite. All right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like that. That sounds, that sounds a lot more, uh, like what I said. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I agree. We learned a lot about you. Go back and check that episode out, everybody. It's a long time ago. Two Truths and a Lie was fun. Like, Chris, you were good at other sports. Soccer, right? Soccer was the other one? Mm-hmm. Soccer and football. That's right. Soccer oh, and football. And your real name is not Chris Dickerson. It was something else. No, <laughs> that was the lie. <laughs> I don't remember what the name was, but that was funny. Okay. Um, so congratulations, yeah. man. I feel like it's a weird, weird world we live in where sports specifically but now disc golf like we're starting to hear dollars and numbers how much somebody's worth does that feel weird to you at all to have people talking about that yeah it's a little different because um you know we're not used to that in disc golf yet and we're just kind of breaking into that um so yeah contracts are getting bigger i think it's going to be talked about more so yeah we're getting there yeah but do you does it feel weird they're like oh those people over there are talking about how much money i make um yeah a little bit uh i i could definitely see it being weird in certain situations um yeah okay well congratulations it's uh it's it's definitely a pretty cool thing and um i feel like you're such an awesome guy like as far as perception um personality like you like to see these things happen for people like that so congratulations man you put in a lot of hard work on it um so you go to Discraft. Um, what are you most excited about? I'm sure you've been asked that question a few times, but like what most excites you right now, like in this moment? Even? I'm really excited to get back out and uh, to be playing tournaments again. Um, you know, getting new discs uh, that just puts out a new um, shoot. Uh, it it's a challenge. It's a new challenge to learn new discs and to get to compete with these new discs. So I look forward to this challenge and I'm really excited to get, be getting back out on the course and competing with, you know, the best. Have you found what, cause I'm sure everyone wants to know what your go-to discs are. I know in the video with Discraft, you said stuff like the undertaker, the zone, the forest, very, very well-known discs with Discraft, but have you figured out what your putter of choice is, what your, you know, upshot disc is, kind of stuff like that? I think main mm-hmm. thing a lot of people want to know is, like, what what is your putter going to be? So uh, the putter is going to be the Challenger OS. Uh, I like a little bit of stability for my putter. And, um, yeah, it feels pretty comfortable in the hand, too. As far as, like, um, a disc that I didn't talk about in the uh, – uh, the discraft video. So obviously the force, the buzz, the undertaker, the zone. Is this, um, is this exclusive? Disc, is this exclusive? It could be. Hold on. Hold on. I think. Oh, give it a second. Give and it a second. For a Nick and Matt show exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, I'm just messing around, but what do you got? That sounds pretty cool. That's I couldn't okay. wait. So, uh, one disc that I have found 
that I'm really looking forward to. And it's not a very popular disc, at least uh, I don't see it as a very popular disc, is the ESP Challenger OS. Hmm. Okay. okay. I don't even think I've ever thrown any ESP Challenger OS. That's my point. <laughs> there you go. I like, I've thrown the Not Challenger. Lie, I didn't even know they made a Challenger OS in the ESP plastic. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I like the Challenger generally. Like, I like it, but yeah, I haven't. No, I don't think I've thrown that. So, what excites you about that disc? So, uh, it's reliably overstable, but it's not as overstable as, say, the Zone. So it's a it's a glidey, workable uh, throwing putter. And when uh, I think they only made them for one run, I think it was the thirtieth uh, Memorial. So I think there was only one batch of them. Okay. Gotcha. So you're just messaging people on Instagram like, yo, if you got any of these, send them on over. Maybe Big Germ had some from way back in the day. Who knows? But <laughs> yep, that's it. Nice, nice. Have you found like, have you messed around with Paul's line of discs, like the Onyxes, the Zeus, the Hades, anything like that? Have you been toying around with anything? Yeah, um, I like the Zeus for sidearms and for um, longer turnover shots. Um, I think I've just, I haven't gotten very many of those. Um, I know a couple of them that I have are more on the under or overstable side, but the one that I'm side arming is uh, kind of a hyzer flip. So it's a little bit straighter to maybe slightly understable. Um, I haven't thrown the Malta. I just picked one up at our local disc golf store. I'm going to give it a try, see how that is. Uh, the Luna is good. I'm throwing it in the, the base plastic, the, uh paul's i think blend plastic mm -hmm. and um i'm trying it in the big z and the z uh i think i think it's not going to be in the bag all the time but i think it'll come out in and out uh throughout the season for like turnover shots as needed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely is there a specific event now with the whole change of bag and everything that you're looking forward to most getting out there um i know discraft is a huge sponsor on a lot of big events like do you have any events this year besides worlds besides uscdc that you're just really looking forward to um i'm really looking forward to the uh what is it called the players championship or the uh is that what it's called the champions cup i, I champions cup heinold had to correct me on it when we had him on a few months ago but i think the champions cup yeah uh whatever it is it's at uh wr jackson at the idgc so that's my favorite course that i've played so far and i'm really looking forward to getting back out there and playing it yes oh, absolutely it is the champions cup. awesome it is the champions cup just to clarify for everybody um so throwing discraft i have a few discraft discs in my bag not many but one of them is and everybody would know if they've played with me more than once or or once I throw an ESP Comet, a limited edition. So back when they were limited, ESP Comets. I love them. Have you had a chance to throw a Comet yet? I have thrown the Comet a little bit. And I think I think I had a uh, limited edition titanium one that I was throwing. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm still <laughs> too new. I don't know if it was limited edition or not. But... Um, Cool. It was good for like hazard flip to turnover shots. Um, it just seemed like the harder that I threw it, the more flexible the rim felt. So 
I think I'm leaning a little bit more toward the Buzz SS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just, Paul didn't like the comment either when I watched him go to Discraft. Like, it's a unique disc. It suits my style. It's like a slow flyer. It's str- like it's interesting, but I just just was curious. Um, so I heard because I got our buddies over at Smashbox. I listened to a lot of that. I was traveling and was able to hear a lot of that conversation. So things like you're going to be traveling in a nice RV. Um, you're still not flying most likely I would imagine, but are you hitting up more events than you would have in previous years this year? Uh, yes, we're going to be starting out at the, uh, the all-star event in Arizona and then working our way out to the Vegas tournament, uh, back to Waco. So yeah, after that, it's pretty much all the tournaments that I have been playing, um, maybe a couple more thrown in there but yeah we're starting out with the somewhat western swing okay do you feel like going from previous seasons to this season specifically that there is a besides the fact that you just you're playing with different plastic mentally and or physically do you feel like your performance is going to be greater how do you feel, I guess, is my question, coming into this season? Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the player. Um, I feel like going into this season, I'm looking forward to it a little bit more because, like I said, there's the challenge of learning the new plastics and stuff like that. So I'm a little excited. Um, so whenever, you know, you're looking forward to something, um, you know, I, I really hope it turns out as good as I expect it to be. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to start playing tournaments again and to try out these new discs. So, I mean, I guess only time will tell. Only time will nope. tell. Yeah. What's, what's an off season look like for you? I know this year has been an incredibly busy off season, big change of sponsorships. I know recently you've been building a house. If it's all complete yet, you know, what's an off season for you generally, look like are you practicing much what you know what's going on in your world yeah so usually uh, i'm practicing every single day um weather permitting so for example this year yeah i had to take some time out uh, to go up to michigan and get uh filming and stuff like that done and then i come home a couple weeks later it looks like michigan outside um <laughs> yeah it's it snowed yesterday it snowed today um, it's tomorrow. I think it's going to warm up just enough to maybe no, I lied. Tomorrow's supposed to be cold too. Then the next day it might warm up to maybe melt some of it away and then it's going to snow again. So here recently, um, my practice has kind of cut down, but I've still been doing some putting and stuff like that. Um, but any other day, as long as it's not raining or snowing, I should be out there practicing. It doesn't really matter how cold it is or what. I think I practiced the other day and it was around 20 degrees. Um, so not, not terribly cold, but, you know, cold enough for most people to say, nah, I'm going to skip today. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is not an interview about me, but this Saturday I played in like what felt like minus 20 degrees for a team event. Yeah, it was cold. Discs were breaking upon yeah. hitting trees. It was it was pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> cold dad joke. There we go. Um, oh <laughs> Good Lord. It just, it never stops. I'm sorry. All right. Um, I, got, 
I, I got I got a quick question. Yeah, go ahead. We're talking about just like you know off season stuff. Um, I just attended one of the brawl series events here in Virginia. Are you planning on coming up for any of those? No, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I usually love to come up and play those, but yeah, this off season has just been kind of busy, so I don't think I'll really have time before we start to head out. Okay. When I showed up to uh, Vincent's course at Timber Ridge, he was like, oh, I wonder if any of the big names, I think you you might have played there before, Zach Mellon has mm-hmm. played there before. And so we were, you know, I'm watching cars pull up and I'm like, okay, I don't see the Discraft RV yet. I don't see it yet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but all right, cool. Now, now I have more of a chance. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm trying to think how to word this, but in the evolution, if you will, of Chris Dickerson's disc golf game, um, from the time you've been playing years ago, uh, to the recent past five years and kind of just like how you've developed as a player. Um, I don't remember talking about you 10 years ago. Like, that's just me. I'm sure you were playing 10 years ago, but like you weren't making headlines in that way. You are now. Where do you feel like you are at in the evolution of your game? Like, so the past five years, 10 years, what does the next five or 10 years look like for you? Like, do you have a vision of that or are you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? Um, I think I'm still just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Um, I will say 10 years ago, I was just getting into disc golf. Um, wow. I think around 2011 was whenever I first picked up a disc. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, I was going to say there's a good chance you didn't hear me then. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it took me, I want to say, about three three years to four years before I started playing open tournaments and stuff like that. So I think the point where I'm at now, I'm still learning, um, and I feel like I'm still continuing to get better. I see improvements in different places uh, throughout the years. And, you know, hopefully um, I've got a – high enough ceiling that I'll continue to get better for a while um, instead of, you know, just plateauing and okay. all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, let me do this real quick. Evan in studio here, uh, Stat Mando, Evan, if you've met Stat Mando before, here's Evan. Uh, Evan, you got a question for Chris? Yeah, well, I got some cool stats that I'm just going to lay out here and that'll kind of lead into my question. Okay. Um, one, I mean, Everyone knows Chris is kind of a, a road warrior in the B and C tiers, still playing local events. Um, it's been almost your two-year anniversary since your last B or C tier loss. Coming up, I believe it's January 25th of 2020. Uh, it's been 20 straight events since then. Um, it, actually, I did since 2017, you have played 98 B and C tier events. Uh, you have won 79 okay. of them and have finished podium in 94 of those 98. Uh, so that's some, that's some awesome numbers right there. Very cool. Um, are you still planning on hitting a lot of B and C tiers this year? Is the change with this graph going to change your thoughts on the other events you play? Um, I think whenever I'm at home, um, I don't like taking time off. So if there's a tournament going on, it doesn't really matter what the tier of it is. Um, I'm probably going to play it. For example, uh, the Knoxville Ice Bowl is a C tier and it's getting ready to come up in about a week or two. Um, I'm definitely going to play that. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, it's going to be my first tournament with a new bag. And, um, you know, I would rather 
you know, walk into the pool instead of jumping in on the deep end. Mm. That makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense, but my style with almost everything is diving without checking the depth. So that's bad. I should, lear I should learn something from you, Chris. Um, we're going to actually get here in just a minute. I'm going to open up the phone lines and doesn't mean someone's going to call, but the lines will be open for that. So let's go ahead and jump into that here. And um, we will take calls for Chris uh, in his upcoming season. So let's get right into this. All right, everybody, the phone lines are open for Chris. Uh, Chris doesn't have to answer anything. I'm just going to throw that out there. We'll just drop you. The other thing is when you call in, please just give us your question and then we'll drop you out or you can drop off yourself there and we'll answer it. Please turn off your streaming YouTube in the background. We don't need to hear ourselves talking through the phone either. Um, so, all right, Nick. Oh, well, here's our first call. Just like that, everybody. Let's let them in. All right, welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. You got a question for Chris? Yes, this is Daniel in Texas. Hello to the chat room. Chris, what is the number one aspect of your game you're looking to improve the most this year? Thank all, all right, short and sweet. Yeah, uh, number one aspect for me, I think, is putting. Um, I know a lot of people say, like, you know, you're, you're a good enough putter, but I think with putting – you know, anybody can continue to improve. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can always get better at that. So that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. We have our next caller lined up. Let's let them into the room here. Uh, welcome. You're on the Nick and Matt show. What's your question for Chris? What's up, Nick and Matt? This is uh, Josh with Daddy Disc Golf. Just wanted to call and say what's up to Nick. Congratulate, or excuse me, say what's up to C. Dick. Congratulate him on the new uh, sponsorship. My question for him is, if he has to pick any tour series discs, um, either taken by another player or not, what tour series disc would he want from Discraft for this season? Thank you, guys. Have a great show. Awesome. Thank you. Ooh, good question. Um, I'd have to go with the buzz. You know, we, we did the first release. Those seem like they went pretty good, so why not continue with that? Hey. Exactly. Now, actually, I have a quick question to go on top of that really quick. The plastic that they came out with for that limited run of buzzes they did for you, is that going to be the 2022 Tour Series plastic? Do you have any idea? I honestly don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. They, they, looked, they looked awesome. They sold out, I feel like, within minutes. I remember seeing it late, trying to get on, and they were all sold out. So I was like, oh, well, hopefully Paul gets some so I can you know, just try to steal one real quick. <laughs> All right, we've lined up our next caller here. Let's let him in. Uh, welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. What's your question for Chris? Thank you. Uh, Chris, I was, we, we all know that you love the buzz. I was wondering, uh, what are some unique shots that uh, you see yourself throwing this year with uh, your new buzzes? Okay, awesome. Thanks for the call. Unique shots with the buzz. Uh, obviously, the buzz is a disc you can work on hyzer and hyzer and straight. Uh, I think the best shot the buzz is going to help me out with is the straight shots. Hyzer flip the straight, not really moving right to left. So those perfectly straight shots that are the hardest shot in disc golf, in my opinion. Which, whether or not you think Maple Hill is tough, Maple Hill is a lot of straight shots as well. <laughs> so. Yep. Hey, by the way, I, I snagged up a few of the Chris Dickerson buzzes, um, and we actually had a question lined up here. I want to see if I can pull it up real quick. Oh, 
We got another caller, so let's let's let them in. I don't need to talk here. Uh, welcome to the Nick and Matt show. You got a question for Chris? Hello. Welcome to the Nick hey, and Matt Chris, show. Chris Stratton here in Iowa. Hey, just want to know real quick, tell us about your RV and how is it set up? Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the RV, I think it's around 31 feet. Um, it is a Class A. Uh, I think it has a master bedroom in the back, a couple of bunk beds that we're probably going to be using for storage. And, you know, the rest is just kind of like open area. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's like, are you going to do the uh, the version of Cribs except for an RV? You can do the tour and <laughs> show all the nice features. Yeah um uh you never know okay um here's here's a question for you that came in earlier let me go ahead and play this this is pre-recorded uh let's let's go ahead and hear from chris hey chris this is jay calling from columbus ohio my question that i wanted to ask is if you have seen the collectors page on facebook for your discs yet and what your thoughts are on all of a sudden uh there being such a hot market for discraft dickerson discs thank you what do you think? Yeah, so I, I've definitely seen that page. Um, I'm a part of that page. Uh, I'm in there floating around, giving a few likes here and there, maybe some <laughs> comments. Um, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. I think uh, within a few days, I could be wrong in that. It, it might have been closer to a week, but um, there was 10,000 members. Or no, no, I'm sorry, not 10,000. There was 1,000. <laughs> It'll get to so, 10,000. Give it time. Yeah, hopefully. But no, yeah, there was like a thousand in a short amount of time. So it's just great to see the support and uh, all that stuff. All right, cool. Uh, and then we had one text message question come in earlier and it says this. What up, Chris? My name is Derek from California. My question is, do you feel like joining Team Discraft adds pressure or does it take pressure off of you to perform well this season? Do you feel one way or the other with that? Um, no, I don't really feel one way or the other. Um, because whenever it comes down to it, even though we are part of a team, uh, under a company, it's an individual sport. So yeah, I, I don't think it adds any pressure or takes any away. Awesome. That's a whole conversation that we can have when you're not here is just like the team mentality. I mean, we could have it with you too, but we don't want to waste everybody's time. You're, you're a, uh, never mind. Let's move on. You, you want to stick around and play um, stat or fiction with us? Have you seen or heard about this game yet? Uh, I have not, but I'd love to. Um, but can you all still see me? My screen went to some kind of different <laughs> window. I can, I can see you. At least. Don't tell him we can still see him. We'll just leave him on the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes we can see you so if you're okay on your side or you mess around with things that's fine but we can see and hear you okay that sounds good okay so what we're gonna do stat or fiction it's a short game but it's exactly what it is stat mando is going to provide us with a statement and ask us if it's a stat or is it fiction um and i don't know what he's brought tonight but let's go ahead and get into the intro of stat or fiction, here we go. Stat or fiction, presented by Stat Mando. All right, presented by Stat Mando. Evan, 
you're up, man. What do you got? All right. So uh, we covered the Shelly Sharp Memorial to start the show a little bit. Um, but we're jumping right back in it for stat or fiction. Um, and as we said, Anthony Brella took it down on the MPO side. Um, and the first stat or fiction statement is this is his first A tier or better win since 2019 at the 2019 Shelly Sharp Memorial. So pretty much he has not won an A tier or better since then, because I did say earlier that he won it in 2019. So since then yeah uh all right well we usually don't make the guests go first so nick you're up i'm gonna say it's a stat he has not won anything until now since 2019 okay not until now um i don't recall but a tier is not that big like it's not necessarily going to make big news uh but Nick, you know him fairly well. I should roll with you, but okay, I'm going to roll with you for this one because I don't want to get you out and ahead of, ahead here. What do you think, Chris? I think it is also a stat. All right. All three of us lined up stat. Evan, what is it? Is that three stats? Yes. Wow. Uh, is Evan about to get a point? I am about to get a point. This is fiction. You guys are sleeping what? on my man, A.B. Uh, he won the... Uh, <sighs> 2020 challenge at goat hill which was a silver series it was an oh, a tier as well right he won it by oh, one stroke over thomas gilbert um, dang it but like an insane I amount of birdies that. in a row that was his only a tier better win uh since then not to discredit it of course but um he does have one man like i don't need to talk more than i do i was going one way and i was like i can't let nick run away <laughs> oh dang all right. Uh, give us the next one. That was fun. Here we go. All right. So uh, mentioned earlier too, Jennifer Allen took it down on the FPO side, uh, the Shelly Shop Memorial, that is. Um, Owen Scoggin, as we said, lost by 18 strokes to Jennifer Allen. She finished in third place. Uh, the stat or fiction statement number two is Owen Scoggins never lost an event by 18 or more strokes in all of 2021. And to be clear, as a, as a, a clarifier, because I'm going to be first here. When you say lose, you mean second place or it doesn't matter? Second just place like, or worse. Like she, It doesn't matter. She's separated yeah. by 18 strokes from the winner. Yes. Since what was the date? All of 2021. So all of last year. Yes, uh, stat. Out of, out of me, stat. Chris, what do you think? Okay, so just so I'm, I'm right on the question, you said that she did not get beat by 18. Uh, yeah, so if you say stat, you agree that she never lost by 18 or more. If you say fiction, you think she did lose by 18 or more. Okay, I'm going to say stat. That did not happen. Okay. Nick, you're up. Oh, now it's, yeah, now it's tough because it's <laughs> another point. Or if you guys both get points and I don't. That's play, the game I'm, I played I'm gonna with you, go, and then I was wrong. I know. I'm, I'm going to have to go stat as well. <laughs> Safe play. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right evan what do we got this is supposed to be nothing. exciting guys but it still is exciting because this is a fiction no. i get you guys again um <laughs> she actually lost by 18 strokes or more five times last year no way yeah uh i, I mean page pierce four of the times uh page pierce otb opened by 18 las vegas challenge by 19 portland opened by 21 u.s women's by 27 
And then she also lost to Haley King at the DDO by 28 strokes. Dang it. Again, not to discredit Owen. I mean, those are just fantastic performances by those uh, Paige Pierce and Haley. It makes sense in hindsight. Like, hearing everything you're saying, it's like, yes, but for some reason, my head played it. And I even asked for the clarifier, like, if she was, like, second place the first, like, it wasn't more than 18 strokes. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of how my brain yeah. played it out. But, like, I even asked the clarifier. That's a good point. Yeah, so that is not like on you. Up tournament or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, at this point, this has never happened, Chris, where 0-0, zero, zero, he's winning. Uh, here we go. Question three. All right. So, uh, I'll give you guys a chance here and just scrap this Shelly Sharp Memorial. We're going totally different subject. Um. <laughs> This is going to be like, this is out of left field. Okay. Um, the current upside down disc world record holder as recognized by, uh, the world flying disc federation, uh, was set with a meta tilt. First of all, I didn't know this was a thing. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give some clarification as you guys think the upside down distance world record means that the entire flight, the disc is upside down. So from the release point, uh, to the landing. It, I, I believe it can be thrown like a normal backhand shot and stay upside down, or it can be like a thumber that stays upside down. The Have you ever time. seen the Epic thrown like that flies right side up, but it, it comes out weird. But anyways, okay. So upside down the whole time. And I, I hate to do this to our guest, but you're up, Chris, <laughs> you're up. Okay. Um, judging by the way that I've seen people throw the tilt, I'm going to say, that that is a stat. I think it does hold the record. See, you can't go three stats in a row or Nick, three fictions in a row, right? Up. So if I say fiction, then you know. <laughs> but at the same time, if it's a stat, then we just tie and ties are no fun. So, I'll but what if he does? Fiction. All right, Nick went with fiction. Dang it! I was hoping Nick would go stat and I could go fiction and just be like, but then I don't know strategies are horrible here um i feel like i'm just talking this out i've also watched simon throw it upside down like filmed him doing it we tested it with range finders i feel like it was in that like and this is pretty far but like that 350-ish range but if somebody really cranked it like trying are there discs that go further like throwing an upside down ultimate disc or any like is there any way uh dang it i'm gonna go with chris on this one uh i'm going stat uh here we go evan all right uh this is a stat yes yeah so this was set uh in september of 2021 uh his name's set day um recently stat mando actually launched our stat mando community uh he was one of the guys that reached out and uh interested in doing stats with us so um we we're kind of doing intros and this is what he shared about himself and so i learned more um he threw it 176.6 meters, that's 579.6 feet, with a Dismania meta tilt, breaking the record, uh, which was about 480 feet before. It was 147.2 meters. Um, and wow. it, like I said, it has to stay upside down the entire time. Um, I, I believe he said an Epic at one point held the record, but then they, lo- they like apparently the footage showed it didn't stay upside down the entire time. But I, he might have beat that anyways, or I, I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, it's wild with the, the meta tilt. You wouldn't think that that has a record for flying the farthest. It, Simon and Eagle and have always thrown it upside down, and that's known, but still kind of a crazy uh, uh, 
uh, coincidence. It's a disc where if yeah, you try right. to throw it hard, the right side up, it doesn't go far. <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. So. And, and just to add to this, uh, he said when the wind that day was only about six to 10 miles an hour, it's, it's not like, you know, the, the old desert. Well, I shouldn't say old, it still happens. The desert yeah. ones with like hurricane winds. Um, <laughs> and he says he can throw uh, a disc up to 82 miles an hour in like, I think a thumber, which is wow. wild. All right. That's there. If there's video footage, someone send the link. I have the link. I can share it with oh, you. Evan has the link. We can share it later. <laughs> um, I come prepared. All right. So here's how it works. Uh, Chris, we are now tied. Usually Statmando has a, a tiebreaker and they'll specify how that works. But let's see what you got, Evan. All right. Yeah. Um, tiebreaker is a little bit different. Yep. Uh, what a, it, it's not a number based one. Uh, so if you guys both get it wrong, we'll have to figure okay. out and maybe we keep on going it, it i think we can get it so um so set they set the record uh he played a sport in college uh what sport did he play the guy who threw upside down 579 feet or whatever that was yes what sport did he play in college um so you're gonna we're both gonna guess and then you'll say if one of us is right yep <clears throat> okay uh chris do you want to go first or second I'll go first. Okay. And can we get, can we guess the same thing, Evan? Uh, then it would tie again and then I All could right. find something okay. else go out, ahead. I guess. Go ahead, Chris. That's why I wanted to go first. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So you said he threw 82 miles an hour with the disc. I'm going to say that was an overhand and that was baseball. Uh, because that's really good guess. I'm going to go tennis. <laughs> you guys Ooh. think I would have a tiebreaker. That was that obvious. Uh, no, it wasn't baseball and it wasn't tennis. Uh, so we'll keep on going real quick. Here we go. Chris, you're up, man. Okay. Um, what state was he from? Can I ask that? Yeah. Utah, Utah, Utah. (laughs) Okay. That doesn't help very much. It was Um, cricket. Wasn't it? It was cricket. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say football is it a is it a major sport um yeah oh well now he just gave me an answer but at least it so wasn't was unfair football, so was tennis, i was gonna so say was at least it wasn't unfair baseball. um basketball no someone in the chats guessed it so and they're guessing crazy things not, right now so it's I not one of those i can't look at the chat chris i'm i'm, I'm putting it's, my hand up <laughs> yeah it's a it's a sport people well, know i can give more hints if we want we'll we'll guess a few more well, Chris, let's rattle them off. Let's go. Okay, yeah. First okay, person to um, say it. <laughs> soccer. Well, that was easy. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> it was soccer. There you go. <laughs> so. Hey, you know, technically, technically, when he said football, he could have been correct. I thought about right. that. I decided not to ruin it at that moment. I wanted to, <laughs> to go on. but All right. So there's the points. Chris had two points. He wins the game. I had one. Nick with a zero, the goose egg, which is so, not usual. Yeah. What what's funny is Chris was all psyched up about winning Satter Fiction. I think he was more psyched about that than I've seen him when he makes like a four hundred foot ace or a two hundred foot throw in. You know, so clearly Satter Fiction is more intense than disc golf. I guess now it's interesting. <clears throat> um, it can be. It can be. <laughs> I think this is true about most disc golfers that are in the comp- competitive scene. Would you describe yourself as a very competitive person? Yes. <laughs> Short and sweet. I'm more competitive than you, Chris. Do you believe that? 
So. <laughs> See, <laughs> even when it comes to that, no, you're not. Right. Um, so, and that's true. Like board games, you like board games, like, like trying to win them and all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that yeah, was if, the f- if it's any kind of competition, I'm trying to win. <laughs> there you go. To rag on Nick for a second, that was the first time Nick ever went over in Statter Fiction. I looked it up real quick. <laughs> like you guys, you guys said it before. I have stats on Statter Fiction, of course. Wow. Uh, but uh, I, I already rough forgot. Week. I think I think you had four total uh, <laughs> three point uh, episodes, so that's pretty good. Actually, last episode you got all three. So yeah, I was gonna say I did pretty well. The yeah, last one that we did. But, you yeah. have been. You have been. I've yeah. been. This is funny. I love how Evan just pulls that little nugget. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even track wins. I should have done that. I just did whether you got the question right or not, and I wasn't doing tiebreakers. But uh, I'll have to do more research. I more guess. More research. Good. Sounds good. Good times. Hope you enjoyed your time on the Nick and Matt show. We want you to come back. Um, but we totally appreciate your time. We're looking forward to what you do out there. Nick has something else. One one final question. I'm sure everyone wants to know it. What is the tournament that you want to win this year, or what is your main goal going out in 2022? Mm, uh, I mean, obviously, I would like to win tournaments like Worlds or USDGC, but if I had to w- pick one other than those two, it would be the uh, the Players' Championship. Did I get that right? Yes. Nope, the Champions' <laughs> Cup. Wait, what is it? The Players' Cup was an old major. <laughs> This is the, the, Champions, the Champions Cup. Cup. The Champions Cup. I'm happening in Georgia. <laughs> the Champions Cup. That's it. That, that's my answer. <laughs> that's the one that's up on the poster in his room. No, he doesn't know. But oh, nobody does. Nick, to be clear, Nick said this. He messed that up talking to Heinold in an interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, I messed it up in front of Heinold, and he had to, you know, quote me on it. So I'm, I'm sure I'll be quoted. <laughs> well, that- <laughs> we'll click made it Chris doesn't even know what tournaments he wants to win <laughs> okay um, with it. so from the first time I met you in person saying hey can I interview you um, on Maple Hill hole 18 green I said can you tell me some lies about yourself you you didn't know me you, you gave it all you got and we loved it we appreciated you then we still do we wish the best for you out there anything you want to say that we didn't cover before you go Nope, I think we pretty much covered it all. Alden Alden Harris wants to know where where Brittany's at. Um, He's asked a few times. I've been waiting to say it. <laughs> so Brittany is watching the show from the couch. Uh, yes. I actually just got done playing video games with Alden, so that's why he's oh, hanging around in the chat. Oh. <laughs> what games are you guys playing? What's your video game of choice? And then what's your video game of choice? And then I'm done because I was just playing Halo before I got onto this. So um, recently, it's been Call of Duty. Nice. The new van is it Vanguard? Is that the new one? Nope, just Warzone. Just Warzone. Nice, nice, nice. Man, it's good times. All yep, right, fun stuff. Totally cool, man. <laughs> uh, look forward to seeing what you do out there again. Uh, congratulations on the big deal and the move in your career. And without further ado, we'll let you go and uh, get back to your gaming or hanging out with your wife or whatever you're doing now. Uh, enjoy, relax, get ready for the season the way you do, and we'll see you out there, man. All right, that sounds good. Thank you all for having me. All right, man. Have a good evening. All right. You you too. See ya. Peace out. See ya. All right, everybody. Uh, I do want to say really quick before uh, you know, kind of get off this conversation, but um, underneath Chris Dickerson's name that we had up, it said at 
Is that what it was, Matt? Is that what? his Instagram handle? It, just, it totally just censored you out, which is going to be really funny for people to watch back. Because like yeah. as soon as you said it, it was at, and it just, your mouth moved, but no audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't it, know it why. Knows I'm saying a bad word, apparently. Maybe, but, um, that's weird. No, that's, I thought that was kind of a cool feature if that's his Instagram handle. Now people know where to follow him. Yes, we do have that put up for every guest. If they have social media, if they don't, I don't know what we'll put there. Maybe a nickname. By the way, that leads me to the question, with a name like Nick or Nicholas, and people call you yeah. Nick, is that your nickname? Technically, yeah. <laughs> my birth certificate is Nicholas, and so my, personally, like, my family will call me, like, my mom calls me Nicholas usually, especially if she's talking about me, um, and then close family members of mine, Nikki. But that is not something that the casual person <laughs> just comes C? up and says, yo, Nikki, yeah, like, yo, Nikki, what's up? And um, so anyways, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's it's Nick. Well, in disco, it's funny because actually a lot of people called me Carl. Yep. So I was like, yo, what's up, Carl? Like, how you doing, Carl? Because it's my last name. And then with close friends of mine, especially Hannah McBeth, she started pretty much, especially in the disc golf world, the whole Nick Carl. And so that's why, mm -hmm. you know, Nick Carl in the disc golf world is generally how I get called. It's, you know, I'll see someone like when I was out in Utah last year, someone was like, yo, love the show, Nick Carl. And it's just funny because <laughs> now I never have to look when someone says Nick, I don't have to think there's other people nearby because it's always Nick Carl, which is nice. I'm sorry I bring the horrible jokes, but some of the some of our older fans are, or dad fans are like, yeah, Matt with the dad jokes. Um, okay. So I just had to ask that because I was thinking the other day and I was not high. I was not intoxicated. I was like, Nick, what's his nickname? And then I'm like, Nick is yeah. his name. Is that yeah. his nickname? Anyways, that's yep. it. I'm hanging that one up. What's funny is I'm pretty sure we are having this conversation, uh, some, they're having a kid. No, excuse me. It was my cousins. They had a kid last year and they wanted to give him a name where he could have cool nicknames. And so they named him Theodore, and so his nicknames are Theo and Teddy, which are, you know, two great nicknames. And so then we kind of got on the ball, you know, like that conversation, talking about it and everything. And I was like, well, you know, mine's just Nick. You know, that's my nickname is Nick. So I don't know. <laughs> For two, okay. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with that joke. But I, I do have to read a few of the chats coming in before we get into our next um, topic. One from Alden Harris. For anyone interested, Chris is not good at Call of Duty. So that was his last little jab <laughs> when Chris wasn't even here to defend himself. I hope they have the show still on. And Chris, you can uh, give him a punch in the shoulder or something. <laughs> and then um, Hannah Macbeth. Hello. Yes. You need me? Question mark. She arrives as soon as Nick says the name. And then down further, she says, nickname. your name is literally Nick Carl. Don't try to be Nick. That's like Dunkin' Donuts rebranding as Dunkin'. <laughs> See, my nickname for Dunkin' Donuts is Dunkin's with an S. It's Dunkin's. And when people say, oh, yeah, you want to go to Dunkin' later? I'm like, and then, I don't know. Your nickname is officially yeah, so. Dunkin's Carl. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Nick, we, we, Nick Carl is fine. We sidetracked ourselves. We do need to thank uh, those who are supporting like the Nick and Matt exactly. show. And, and we're going to do that in this fashion by taking this cologne of from Manscaped right here and just spraying it around the room a few few spritzes. And Nick, all, all, whew, 
and we're gonna let our it producer intern Ben smell it, and I'm smelling it. It is wonderful. It smells like the most manly place ever. You come down here and you just grow hair. <clears throat> Even Ben and Nick. Well, Nick, you're too far away. Spray some on. Well, what's funny is I put it on earlier when I got from the when I got back from the gym. Why does it keep censoring it was my you out? Manscaped. Okay. I don't know. Clearly, clearly, I'm saying bad words. I did use it earlier, though. I love it. So, thank you to Manscaped for that. Yes, and then these awesome metallic bottles, Manscaped. This is the body wash. It is actually really great. Uh, like all of their products, including the lawn lawnmower, the weed trimmer or weed whacker. I say trimmer. We can trim those yeah. weeds, but we can whack them too. And their products are fantastic. Um, I used it today. Can't tell. I know it's growing in real nice here, but Nick used it. Like a week ago, and it's still I, not there. That's I how good it, all it is. The time. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I had a family thing in Massachusetts where I did need to shave, and so before I left for Massachusetts, I used the lawnmower, and then when I got back to Massachusetts, I used a razor to finish it up. But it does; it's perfect for trimming everything down. It doesn't give you like a perfectly clean shave, but they also give you two or three different types of heads you can use, so you can bring it to whatever length you want. So I could probably, if I put on one of the, the right guards, I could probably shave my head with it. But Nick, I don't know. We're, we're thinking gonna, about that for. We're gonna wrap up this this ad read for uh, Manscaped, which was awesome. Go out, use Nick, Nick and Matt, and you get twenty percent off. Do this because this is right up there with one of our last times, if not our last time, right now. Reading this out, show them that uh, our fans support them; they support us. Thank you very much, Manscaped. Two million men worldwide join in on that the reason i'm laughing is because of all the nicknames coming in now the literal nicknames i'm gonna read a few uh, like let yeah. me see here um nick donuts nickscape um mcdonald's donkey donuts McDonald's. mcdonald's yes i like i like nicky d's <laughs> nick bucks nick fillet <laughs> nick fillet <laughs> I, I say Nikki Nikki. C's. I like okay, that. Okay, Nikki, okay. he has the meats. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna roast it on my own show. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> OMG, Nick Fillet. That's actually probably my favorite one is Nick Fillet. So <laughs> hydroponics. Well, yeah, you could just use it with the whole McDonald's menu too, like a, a Nick Chicken, Nick Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, Nick Double. <laughs> okay, there. <laughs> Uh, um wait i was thinking like dunkin donuts as the munchkins it'd be ninchkins no no. (laughs) i don't know all right this is this is where our disc golf podcast has gone to mick flurry would be nick flurry yeah nick flurry (laughs) someone said i was waiting for this one i was waiting for the nickelodeon nickelodeon i i like the carlito that's a fun one all right i've been called carlito before Someone just said, this is the best disc golf show on the net. We appreciate that, Daniel. We did not Thank pay you. him to say that. <laughs> Nick Carl Jr. <laughs> Nick Carl Jr. How did miss that? <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> Thank you so much to our live listeners right now. You're just like bringing it. We're so happy right now. <clears throat> Manscaped so, all of this in the air right now. And I'm just like feeling it. <laughs> Obviously, in the future, one day, I want to have kids, and I really, really want to have a son, one, to carry the Carl name to the next generation, but then I also want to, I want to name him Nicholas John Carl Jr., so I want to have a Nick Jr., and uh, 
What about a Carl so Carl? I'm hoping that will come about one day. But everyone's like, oh, it'll just get made fun of because of Nick Jr. I'm like, by the time I have a kid and they're old enough to even get made fun of, no one's going to know what Nick Jr. is except for the adults. And adults make fun of kids all the time. I mean, I've made fun of kids. So I don't know. I want to have a junior, though. That's just that's my thing. <laughs> I This is actually my favorite part of the Nick and Matt show is when we get off track. Some of you may hate this. I love it. Let us know. Yeah. Um, it's enjoyable. Let's get into some more meat of disc golf yeah. here. We took a nice little break. <clears throat> I'm still going to laugh for days to come, and I'm sure people are going to come up with some great chats here throughout the show. I'll try, and, I'll try to hold my composure. <laughs> but here we go. This is my first topic. Nobody was prepped on this. I'm interested. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's see where it leads to. Who is Kona making more money than? Both MPO and FPO. Um, say some na- I'll say some names here. Uh, is she making more money than Drew Gibson? <laughs> no one wants to say. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough because <laughs> she's making. We know this at least yeah. one hundred and twenty, at least one hundred twenty-five thousand cash a year guaranteed. Is Drew Gibson making that guaranteed? <clears throat> like. You're talking guaranteed like you're not counting bonuses. I think he has a bonus heavy contract. Okay. But I think he I think at the end of the season he probably makes more. Okay. Um yeah. throw throw out a name then that might surprise me that you think she's making more than. Like pick any name. Matt Matt Orm. <clears throat> Ooh. Okay, is she making more than Matt Orm? Uh, I'd say yeah. Okay, I, I, don't think, I they, think so I don't too. Think that- I don't, maybe they gave him a hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe eighty thousand dollars a year. Who knows? I'm not really sure, but I would say he's making more than him. Okay. <clears throat> now, to be clear, we are not trying to speculate should she or shouldn't she, because I think she should. There's no way to say she should or she shouldn't. She is, so that means she should. Like you can't. Like that's what value yeah. is. That's what contracts are. Like think, that's yeah, what they agreed like, to pay. That's what it is. That's not what this conversation is. It's more just like. Is she making more than X? That's all it is. So um, pick another name. What, what, Hannah, well, what, what Hannah just said was kind of perfect. Drew has the potential to make more with the partnership, but Kona has more guaranteed. Potentially, that's the case. Am I? Do I know what Drew's making guaranteed? I have no idea. But you looked at, you know, when Drew came out with his announcement, I mean, he called it, you know, a lifetime partnership with Infinite with limitless possibilities in a sense. You know, he could somehow make a billion dollars out of it. We have no idea. Guaranteed. I'm not really sure. Okay. More than, and this is, I'm just kind of picking the top 10 here just for fun speculation. More than Adam Hammes. I think it's the same. Same thing. Same, I think same, it's probably, yeah, I think it's yeah. probably pretty close. So yeah. she's yeah. making what we know, cash up front. Good for her. She's making more than a number, guaranteed number than a lot of these top 10 players. Maybe I say a lot. Yeah. I think she sells more discs than Hammes. I think that's, and more Instagram influence, uh, more just social yeah. media presence in general. Um, and it's an interesting question because Nate Sexton, this is where that question comes in. We don't know how much he makes actually salary either um, or guaranteed. But we have a very large understanding that the Sexton Firebirds have definitely made him a millionaire. Like, you have to know that. Mm-hmm. The amount of Firebirds that sell out and the good chance he's yeah. making i don't know the number but i'm saying i'm gonna say anywhere from seven to ten dollars or more per disc times how many have sold he's he's doing really well but like actual guaranteed cash 
I think it's great for Kona. And I just wanted to point out she's yeah. making. Okay, so go to FPO. <clears throat> is she making more than Paige guaranteed? No. No. Okay. Um, That's speculation. I know. No yeah. I, contract. Yeah. Haley, I, Haley King, any of these players? Uh, Evelina? More guaranteed than every, <laughs> everybody. everyone else. I, I, oh. Kat, Kats will be interesting. And Kristen Tatar. And Kristen Tatar is the same. same. But Kristen right now? I, yeah, I think the really tough thing, though, is uh, we're, we're hearing about a lot of guaranteed money. Um, and on top of these guaranteed monies, I think there's still other like bonuses, not, not just like, oh, you showed up in lead card, but right. like, like disc selling bonuses. Sure. Um, but I, we don't know how that compares to how it used to be. Like salaries could just be, oh, you don't actually get paid anything up front at all, uh, except like tournament entry fees and stuff. But then you get bonuses of tour series discs and, and what else, but then it kind of goes okay now we're giving you fifty thousand plus these same things do you get the same percentage do they lower the percentage because they gave you guaranteed now that cone is getting a hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year is is her percentage less than other pros like if we think she's getting more guaranteed money than matt orem is matt orem making more money per disc than kona panis it's, it's just a really really tough uh just because we don't know the percentages that hasn't really been a public thing yet I have no yeah. clue how much a lot of these players make from those kind of bonuses. Uh, it, it, I, I have nothing to guess off of, like zero idea what you know Matt Orem's contract stru uh, structure looks like besides guaranteed money. You can probably guess on that based on what we've seen. But when Paul announced the guaranteed money, that kind of got the ball rolling. But I don't think anyone said straight up, hey, I got paid $85,000 this year or the, the specific year from my tour series desk. And then from there, we can be like, okay, that's a really popular disc or that's a middle of the road disc. And then you can kind of guess other ones, but that hasn't been uh, known yet. I think that's something that's kind of heavily NDA territory. So I, I hope you see it. Cause I think that's really cool. Infinite does a lot of things like, like, like that. You can see, I mean, I, I personally find it really interesting how, how much Rick, uh, Ricky Wysocki changes the game for an overstable putting approach. The zone's always up there. But then what Ricky throws is is right up there with it as the only other like amazingly popular overstable approach. So he was with the harp. That was, you know, up there with the zone. He jumped over to the pig. Then those numbers flipped. So the pig joined the zone. And now he's going to DD. He's probably gonna throw the harp, but they're all he also said he's working on like a harp type disc with a thumb track similar to the pig. Now that disc might be the number two that joins the zone. Which I actually, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but when we were talking about Ricky going to Discraft earlier, I thought that would have been really, really interesting um, that I was just saying that the two overstable uh, approach discs are the zone and what Ricky's throwing. If Ricky is throwing the zone, how big is that market for just the zone? Does another disc then kind of fill in and take its place? Uh, does Ricky also have a zone with a thumb track? I know Discraft has the, the GT stuff, but that's a little different. It would have been really, really interesting, and I would have liked it for that. But Ricky to DD is also very, very cool, and we'll see that change too. But that was my my tangent for the show. It's good. We've invited Evan to speak more and give his tangents. We like them here. Um, I want to do something live on air. Uh, I don't know if you're into sweet and spicy things, but and Nick, why'd you have to go? I just gotta say this here. Take that. <clears throat> this is from double g craft jerky get the logo up there boom and all the lights and if you see right above sweet and spicy it says nate sexton 
This is a succulent, sweet, and spicy jerky. I already gave a pack to Ben over there, our intern producer. Nick, I'll save you a pack, and we'll keep it sealed so it'll stay nice Please. and succulent yeah. for you. Um, I have tried it. My wife's tried it, and she said, like, I've actually never heard her say this much about jerky. And like, she's like, this is the best jerky I've ever had. She said it again. This is the best jerky. This is the best. <laughs> she just kept saying it. So yeah. thank you to our friends over there at Double G Craft Jerky for sending the Nick and Matt show a mm -hmm. care package. I'm not going to show you the shipping label, but Nick, it was a whole bag. Like, <clears throat> Dang. Okay. Yeah. Why'd I have to go? Jeez. It came. Uh, maybe I'll be back in February. It came about sure two yet. days after you showed up. So. I I gotta say, just, like, just my luck. I used to have beef jerky a lot, like as a kid. Like that's something like my dad would get me. Then didn't have it for a long time until Double G started doing his thing. Had it a few times, and I'm like, oh my good, beef jerky is so good. Why did I like never eat this for years? And then like my like disc golf nine seven eight uh, has uh, Double G uh, jerky almost all the time. But if I don't get up there, and you know you're at a gas station, you just pick up or well, whatever they have, uh, and it's like terrible. And you're like, that's why I didn't have beef jerky for so long. You don't realize it. Yeah. That double G jerky is that good. Um, it, he's doing stellar work. I know he said he uses like good cuts of beef or whatever he uses. I'm I'm gonna uh, mess that up, but it, it's good stuff. It's so much better than all other beef jerky. Wow, that bite I just had was so good. I want to end the show right now and yeah. just keep eating jerky. That's right here. Okay. I'm like about to go order some food real quick and uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So that was a fun conversation about Kona. Here is another one. Uh not about Kona. <clears throat> Going into 2022, who do you pick to have the better season? This is all speculation, just fun talk. No one's going to hold well, our fans, listeners might hold us to this, but who do you pick having a better season, Haley or Missy? Missy. Based off of what we know and going into the season, who do you pick? Um you said, That's you said so Missy. Tough, I think they're both I think they're both such great players and they both had a great season last year. Missy ended the season better. Oh, so that's what's tough because they're I mean, I could see Haley winning it every single time, but then I could also see Missy, you know, getting a good good amount of wins this year. But um new discs for Haley. Missy, so I want to on Missy for this next upcoming season. Okay, so Nick saying Missy, it keeps keeps censoring him every now and then. It must be the FBI; they know he's saying something he shouldn't. But yeah, right. <laughs> it's I'm not leaking information. It's not horrible. Yeah. I'm just making fun of it because it's funny here and there. Have you ever we seen a, unnecess un uh, unnecessary internet. censorship? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? It's really funny. No, I don't like, think so. They'll, it, yeah. they'll just like bleep out people for no reason. It makes it sound like they're saying something yeah, really funny. funny. Okay. So he says, Missy, um, we talked, we didn't talk quite about it yet. And I'll get Evan's reaction. Haley did announce going to Innova. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but yes, I am. <clears throat> I mentioned, I was like, she's moving down the Carolinas. I'm like, what's the hub down there? It's Innova. Long story short, she announces it. She's with Innova. Um, is that a good fit for her? What do you think? Anybody? What'd you feel? Nobody? I'll go ahead. Yeah. I think, so, I mean, you're going from one company who has incredible discs to another company who has incredible discs. So it's, 
it's not like she's going to a company that is still working on creating certain spots in their lineup, certain molds for their lineup. I mean, Inaba is revered as the number one company in disc golf, and they have been for a long time. So her switching over to that, um, I think it all just comfort. What do you like throwing now? Rocks are different than buzzes. Destroyers are different than Zeus's. Thunderbirds are different than Onyx's. And then Discraft has a zone. I love the zone. I have one in my bag. Absolutely love it. I've thrown a pig a couple times just to see what it's like. It's not my cup of tea. I think it feels a little weird in my hand. So I guess her figuring out that upshot disc, but maybe the pig is similar to a breaker. I have no idea. I'm not really a big breaker person, which I know Haley did love the breaker. So just her figuring out the discs, um, but I don't think I don't think it's a terrible fit for her. No, not at all. So you think that <clears throat> you still think Missy's going to do better? I think there's a strong argument to say that. Ah, this is hard. I feel like, and I'm just going to get myself in trouble here. Haley's potential, like just kind of, I don't want to say natural, but like is way higher. I feel like than Missy's, and that's no diss to Missy because she proved so much last year that I wasn't expecting that it kind of shows you, okay, if she can keep that yeah. trend, like she's going to be like one of the best, but Haley kind of out of the gate was like able to do some really high ceiling stuff. Didn't always close out, yeah. but she would do really high ceiling stuff where you're like, dang, like if she could pull three rounds of that, like she's beating Paige Pierce, like regular. So the hard mm -hmm. part for me is, is a shift from a company to like Innova. I almost don't care what company it is. Is a shift like that going to motivate her mentally? Because I know mental is a big part of Haley's game right now. And she talks about that as well. Like her life, what's going on, or things that are happening in her head on the course. Finishing strong. If a shift from a sponsor like Discraft to Innova changes things for her, like somehow it's like the boost that she needed, watch out. I think it'd be hard to say that she's not. It's hard to say with her switching, but I think you could expect to see that. So that's where I'm at with it. Any reaction? Who do you think will have a better one, Evan? I think Haley will have the better season. I I mean, you guys have been hitting on the head. I I think Haley had the better 2021 season from uh, start to finish. Mm -hmm. And then Missy obviously just had the phenomenal end. Um, I I was going to talk about, you know, Statmando. We did our kind of inaugural player of the years from our, our yearly ranking system. And uh, last year, Haley King just barely edged out um, uh, Missy Gannon for third and fourth uh, with Paige and Cat one and two, but I think this year I I don't think I don't think it's gonna be tough for Haley to get used to those discs. I think she'll be totally fine. No. Um, I, I I think she's gonna have a phenomenal year. I don't. It, I think the bigger question is the Europeans coming over. Um, Kristen Tatar coming back for the start of the season. Evelina Salonen announced it, and a few other uh, European women have announced that they're coming over. I think it's gonna be a super exciting year. I think wins are gonna be hard to get by, and they're gonna mean so much more. But I think Haley will have a better season than Missy. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, th I think it's gonna be really close. I, I was actually just on the Statmando website. Oh, nice. So, and looking at the oh, this is all time head to through twenty. Yeah, I was looking at the head-to-head, -head, but I accidentally did it all time when I want to do it by year. And you guys must have changed something because I can't okay. type in. Like While you're doing that, Nick, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Evan brought up a great point about the European FPO players because that's right now. Why do we focus European FPO, but we don't ever talk about MPO? It's because it's it seems more exciting because we have so many great MPO players, so many. <laughs> FPO is more limited. So to say that there's almost 50% more 
of our top tier players that are going to join. That's really exciting. Um, one of them being, I don't know how to say it. Is it Katie Tati? Like, I don't know how you say it, but she had that really yeah. epic throw in that was caught on camera over in Europe. It was sick. Yeah. yeah. Great throw. I'm pure better than a lot of aces. I saw her make a post that she says uh, more or less U S part tour part one, or she said something like that. Part mm -hmm. one, she's going to be over here for the first four or five events, including Waco and Vegas and all like, mm -hmm. but she said part one, which excites me. Does she have plans to come back and try to make it to yeah. go into the playoffs, all that stuff. But I'm excited yeah, to see think, new players added. Yeah, I think that's kind of the same thing. I'm pretty sure Kristen also just announced her beginning tour, which was like Vegas, um, Waco, the Texas Swing, and then maybe one tournament after that. So I think she's here for four or five weeks, maybe, you know, two months total or something like that, just the way the tournaments are spread out. Um, so, but then after that, I think there's a lot of big European tournaments that they'll go back over there for, play those ones, and then maybe middle to the end of the season is when they come back. Who knows? But <laughs> I did uh, actually get the stat Mando site. I clicked the wrong button. The 2021 season, Missy Gannon, King, it was in favor of Haley at 12 against Missy, and then seven losses, and they didn't have any ties. Haley winning four of those events, Missy winning one of them, third and seconds and all that stuff come into play as well. But it's, it's a pretty close season. Um, I know you guys count the match or excuse me, the um, pro tour championships. So you can technically say Missy did win in that category. Um, it could go either way. I think it all depends on how it all depends on how much either of them are putting in the work in the off season. I think it's a big thing. I think Haley does have a super, super high ceiling, um, but Missy has a lot of consistency, especially the way she ended last year. I think that was a huge motivator for her going into now the 2022 season. Okay. What I'm going to do, we've started doing lately, is bringing in uh, listening viewers' calls. And I have two questions for the listeners that I want them to answer. We're going to turn the tables. Uh, let me go ahead and jump into it. For right now, I can't get into this without the intro. So here comes the intro one more time. Hello. Hello, man. Hello. Hola. Okay, so what I'm going to do is ask the question... And we just, we're going to take as many as can make it in. We're going to take the question, who is going to have the better season this year, Haley or Missy? Will you just literally give us that answer? But then in follow-up to that, this is a bigger part. So before you're calling in, or maybe you won't hear this part, <laughs> who's going to have the better career when they're done? You, okay, who's going to have the better career? And that might be hard for you to talk about. But so who's going to have the better season this year? Who's going to have the better career? That might be one and the same, but then follow that up. Another one. Who's going to have the better career when it comes to Paul, Ricky, Eagle, or other in the next career? So like when Paul's career is over, then Ricky, if his career isn't over yet, like is he going to end up having a better career than Paul? Who's going to have the best career that we know about right now? Or you could say it's nobody we know right now. And someone's going to come out and do bigger and better than anything we've seen. So those three, who's going to have the better season, Haley or Missy? Out of those two, better career. And when it's all said and done, and then better career for Paul, Ricky, and Eagle, give us your reasons on that. If you'd like to call in, give us your reasons on that. If you don't call in, we're just going to listen to Nick and Evan and rant on this one. So um, <clears throat> what do you think? Let's, let's jump to the, the guys, the, the MPO. Who's going to have the better career all said and done? I'm going to say one person that I think you missed to say, and that's Kyle Klein. 
I I, I, don't, I'm I not said gonna... or other. Okay, but <laughs> yes. All right, fair. Uh, I'm not. It's tough to say that he'll have a better career than Paul, Ricky, or Eagle. It's tough to say he definitely will, but I think he could finish right up in there. I I think it's kind of tough to say any of those guys will have a better career just based on wins and major wins than Paul, just because he's already got so many. I think Climo's record's there to stay, and I, I think where Paul's at is there to stay. Um, even, even Ricky with two world titles and I'm not sure his major count, but it's definitely less than Paul. It's just gonna be really hard to catch up. Even if Ricky is better every single season for the rest of those two careers, even if he has a better season than Paul, he's not going to catch like the total acc- accolades. But then that comes into the question of how do you weight it? Of course. Okay. <clears throat> so, Oh, well, we've got someone calling it. So let's let them in. All right. We're going to let them in here. And, uh, Introduce yourself to the show because we're going to actually ask you a question. What's your name? This is Daniel from Texas again. Hello, boys. Hello, What's Daniel. Going on? So you're going to be able to hear me and Evan, but unfortunately you won't hear Nick. So we can't hear Nick all night anyway. <laughs> we're just going to let him go. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Nick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. No, see, I Nick, Nick can hear you and Nick can talk to you. But you, anyways, all right. <clears throat> so. You heard our questions, so let's start with number one. Who's going to have the better year, Haley or Missy? What do you think? I think Missy will have the better year. Okay, do you want to clarify that at all, or you want to keep that short? Just because Haley's so young, uh, I know she's going to a new manufacturer. I don't think that'll be a big deal, but I think uh, this leads into the second question. I think Haley will have a better career, but right now, I think she just needs to strengthen her game mentally a little bit. Okay. And then this one was like a pretty massive conversation, but you heard it. I'm hoping out of MPO name who you think will have the best career all said and done. You can be a fanboy here, but is it Paul, Ricky, Eagle, uh, Evan mentioned Kyle Klein. Is it a player we don't know about yet? Who's going to have the better career when it's all said and done? I'm going to say Eagle with a caveat. I agree with Evan. Uh, Paul has done so much already, and I think now there's just too many good players to be able to string together a bunch of majors anymore. I could be wrong. But I think Eagle has the most talent of anybody on tour right now. So I'm going to go with Eagle will be the best player overall, but I don't think he's going to rack up all the accolades that Paul had. Ah, this is where sports talk gets good because the reason this came up and we'll cut you loose here in a second, let somebody else have input. The reason this comes up is because I was arguing with somebody on the course about who's going to have the better career. And somebody said, Ricky. And I thought to myself, Ricky maybe end up being the best player. Or as you said, Dan, um, it could be Eagle, but all said and done the accolades, right? So then do we have to go all the way back to Climo? and say nobody's going to ever have a better career than that based off of those wins. Uh, how would you specify? I think you already did. But how would you specify yeah. a better career? Yeah, it's kind of tough because same thing in, in basketball, right? You've got Bill Russell, and you've got Jordan, and now you have Thank LeBron. You. It's, it's really hard to compare uh, players from different eras. I'm just saying Eagle more because I'm a fanboy, I'll be honest. Um, and <laughs> he can do things that no one else can do, like his forehand, backhand distance. Uh, he's got so much talent, but... Yeah, I guess it'll just be up for the debate at the end. It is up for debate. I appreciate your call very much. Thanks thanks for calling in anytime. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, bye. <clears throat> so, I think that was Dan. Dan from Texas, is that what he said? Dan from Texas. Yeah. I think so. Oh, Dan, Daniel. That, he says Dan, but yeah. he's Daniel in the chat. That's who it is. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. got to be. Our friend really Daniel. Quick. 
before before because I want to kind of shed my light on this situation. But earlier, Doc Sen super chatted. I think it was three dollars. Want to say appreciate that, Doc. And then Jeff also just super chatted, um, saying welcome to the team, Haley. Four ninety nine, four ninety nine. Excuse me. We appreciate that a ton. Super chats are open. Um, if you super chat and you have a question, we'll probably ask that question live on air and everything like that. But nonetheless, we very, very much appreciate High it. High is bitter over the course yeah, of 15 minutes. Exactly. So if someone outdoes you, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that's – it's such a generational thing um, in any sport nowadays to where, like, who is the greatest of all time because – It's not who is. It's who's no going one, to be. Well, who's going to be or, like, who is right now. Yeah, I mean, no one will ever top – record of world titles yeah i just feel like a different story i feel like that you're right about what you're saying that's why i'm cutting you off the conversation about who is the best right now it's really hard but like just speculating wise and that's the purpose of this who's going to have the better career when it's all said and done so when eagle's career is done like can we say can we say definitely does anybody feel that strongly like oh yeah he'll definitely have a better career my best right now I personally think it's Paul Macbeth currently because he showed up at the majors when he was supposed to, which is the biggest thing. And then who I'm just going to put it out of the three players. Cause I think right now I don't see another player. I Kyle find an incredible player. We'll see how he ends up in a couple of years. Then I'll have a better answer for this when it comes to him. But out of Paul, Ricky and Eagle, Paul will have the best career out of any of those three. One, because Paul did it in a time before, you know, Eagle finally started coming to the sport in 2015. Ricky was there competing with Paul at every single world. Ricky, I mean, excuse me, Paul did get the five in a row though, or excuse me, the four in a row, and then got the fifth in 2019. I think... Evan, are you going to cut him off? I'm just chomping at the bits myself. All right, hold on. We're lining up another call. Sit sit tight on that call, and uh, I'll let Nick finish up his, his thing here. You won't hear Nick though. Go ahead, Nick. Finish up. Oh, what? I'm still going. Why yeah. is it mute, well, Nick? It it's, it's so frustrating. We're going to have to figure that out. I think it's your earbuds tonight. <clears throat> it, I bet it, you, yeah, it's because I'm opening and closing the case, probably. Oh, yeah, that's, Nick. that's probably what it is. Here, let me, let me. <laughs> no, no, it's still cutting out. I. It seems like it's, it's. All right, then I don't feel bad now not picking him up sometimes and then I realize he's talking. So it turns it on and it's like so. almost trying to mute this, yeah. the surrounding. Okay. So g- give so. your take on that real quick, Evan, and then we'll take our caller. Um, yeah. Well, I just wanted to supply some stats for this. So like I said, it's going to be really hard to tell just based on wins. There's going to be other calculations added to it. Something that we're really interested in at stat Mando and something we'll want to do long-term, but just to give it as pure wins for right now, I did um, elite series and majors. That's disc golf pro tours, national tours and majors. Uh, Paul McBeth has 55 wins. Uh, Ricky Wysocki tied with Ken, Ken Climo with 34. Uh, so that's already a 21-win gap. Um, yes, but we're talking career. And then Eagle is 12. So, yeah, my point, though, is okay. even if Ricky has a better year than Paul, let's say he wins two extra events per year, that's 21 wins that he needs to make up. So that's over a 10-year period that Ricky needs to be two wins better than Paul McBeth. Um, and yeah, that was this year. Paul McBeth had two. No, he had three elite series and major wins. Um, and Ricky, I think had four. So we only caught up by one. And my point also is Eagle has 12. I mentioned Kyle Klein, who just picked up his first, like that's a long gap to, to fill with just wins. And like Paul did get a ton of national tours, a ton of majors when we're having four or five a year. 
uh, back when he was dominating. And now we've only had, you know, a couple. We're getting uh, a third and hopefully fourth this year. Uh, but just purely wins, I don't think he's going to be able to come back, no matter how good they are. Right. So this is where, okay, this uh, this is way too big of a conversation, I realized. I, I opened up the floodgates, yeah. which is fine. It's the, the conversation is so it's big. Tough to talk about. What What is a career yeah. based off of? Can we actually go to, well, if someone earns $20 million a year, would we say, oh, they had a better career? Or is it based off of wins? Is it based off of talent on the course? There's there's so many qualifiers to this question. I, I just wanted to say this, Nick, to, in response to you, and we're going to bring our caller, and I promise, is you said like, oh, you know, Paul's done this and what he's accomplished right now, and you're saying Ricky hasn't. I'm not talking about the right now. Does Are you saying Ricky can't, in the next 10 years, win three more Worlds and, and be tied with Paul on that and win another USDGC? Like, can Ricky do that? And if he does, would it be qualified as just as good? Uh, or would it be better because it's harder because the level of competition? Like, I get that's what sports talk so, is about. Right so now, I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah. Then we're going to bring our call right in. Right now, now, Ricky is 2-0 in the sense that he's got two world titles, zero USDGC titles. Paul is 5-3. and three. He's got five worlds, three US. I mean, it's a lot to make up. You're talking, yeah, two tournaments a year. Barely in our sport has anyone won both of those tournaments in the same year. And so, and that's also saying that Paul isn't going to win one of those events every single year. So next year, Ricky might go to 3-1. and one. But next year, Ricky also might go to, or excuse me, Paul might also go to six and four. So and this is the fun. This is the fun. Yeah. We're here to talk about it. The Nick and it's, Matt show. Yeah. All right. Let's it's do, a what if question. It's it a is. what if. It is. Let's bring in our caller now. I thank you so much for being patient. Introduce yourself because we had some questions for you. No worries. This is Matt from Texas. Matt from Texas. We've got a lot of listeners in Texas. So the name Matt is fine. Um, go, so go ahead. Let's, did you hear all of our questions? So Haley or Missy, better season. Yeah, so I'd say I think overall, I will say more wins this season will be Haley, but strength and consistency, so making more money and having an average higher placement will be Missy. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the perspective on that. How about um, if we're going to, and I realize this was a huge can of worms, but and you can fanboy, <laughs> who's going to have the better career when it's all said and done? Do you feel like, there is a way to, to do that today. Can anybody be better than Klima or even Paul? Is the sport getting too tight where you can't base it off of wins? Like, who do you see as having a better career in the end when it's well, all said and done? Yeah, and it all comes down to how you measure career, I think. But, you know, honestly, I heard you saying, can, can Ricky win three more worlds in the next 10 years? And the answer to that is, of course, he can. Um, will he? I think that's going to be very difficult to do. And honestly, if you look at the player that, seems to show up every major year in and year out, Macbeth's always there. So I don't know how you could go against Macbeth. I think Macbeth will have the, the, the legacy of this generation. I'm not saying that Ricky's not right there, but I think Macbeth will definitely have that legacy. I also think he's going to, Macbeth's going to wind up winning in the, you know, monetary side of the game. I think he's a little bit better businessman. And I think he really understands how to build his brand and bring that all together and maximize that profit. So it depends. I would put Macbeth up there as okay. number one. Awesome. And and just to follow up on that is you mentioned, can Ricky do it? It's going to get tougher. And that was kind of my follow-up. I don't know if you were hearing during the phone call is the follow-up was, so if Ricky did do it again, this is full speculation. It is harder. Would it be better if he, if he was able to do that? 
and he was tied with, let's just say, majors. If he could tie majors against Macbeth in the next 10 years, when we're all saying it's probably going to be a harder sport to win, would we have to say that he was better? Well, I think you'd probably have to, but I don't. I mean, that's what. He's, <laughs> how, how many majors behind is he? He's got to be 20 majors behind Macbeth at this point in time. Whoa, 20 majors as far as like competing in? 21. He's. As far as winning, if you look at all the European Opens, and well, mm-hmm. it's not 20, but it's, it's, he's lost. You know, if you look at, I don't know, let's stat Mando. Evan, you probably have he, the numbers right there. He's working on it right. Majors. He's working on it right now. Yes, thank you for that awesome. question. But, but, yeah, so I think, honestly, Ricky's probably lagging in total major victories somewhere in the realm of double digits to Macbeth. Mm. And with this competition level that's in place right now, I, I don't see anybody – picking up in the next 10 years, you know, 10 or 15 majors. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to pick up, you know, five to eight majors in the okay. next decade. Is it, is it over then? Is it over then? Like nobody, I'm not going to say they shouldn't try. That's, that's a stupid point to make. But is it over? Does Macbeth have it locked up or does he have to finish out strong? As in like if he goes from this year forward, not placing regularly in the top 10, but Ricky is, then does the conversation totally change? Are we making the assumption that Paul finishes out strong? Yeah, I mean, I think you have okay. to assume that he's going to continue the same trend line that he's been following. Okay. And that's probably accurate. Now, Evan Evan just yeah. turned his face to look at me. I don't know if he's got anything. What do you got, Evan? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> majors are a little hard just to to run queries on because there's a few majors that aren't really majors but are labeled as majors. So we we need to do a little bit more data cleanup and figure out, like, um, uh, there was one where it's like the team-based one with the countries. I I forget the name, but that one like everyone comes in first place, uh, so it's a little tricky. <laughs> the President's um, Cup. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, like that, like I don't consider that a major. It might be like an M tier major, but um, anyways, I, I have it right here as Paul McBeth having seventeen major wins. You said twenty-one earlier. Wins. Okay. Yep. Is that what you said, Nick, He's... or is that just a guess? Um, Matt in uh, Texas I, or Nick? I knew. I knew. Yeah, I thought it was between 16 and 20. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, Paul has to know off the top of his head, so maybe Hannah will say it in the chat. <laughs> um, like, that's something I really do want to clean up, too, because I think that's super important. Um, like I'll that's text him. Yeah. So, I have it. I have Climo at 20, Paul McBeth at 17, <clears throat> Felberg at 8, Ricky and Barry Schultz at 6. Okay. <clears throat> so, if we base it off of majors, which are important, that's a big deal. But this is my point, too. It's going to get harder. So, like, are you just going to start to weight the majors more if you're winning them? But here, real quick before we let you go, Matt, Hannah Macbeth, uh, we all know her. We all love her. I'm assuming we all love her. (laughs) Imagine a player, she says, coming into disc golf with the same drive and work ethic as Paul when he started, but having 1,000 more resources to build a career because the sport's gotten bigger and enhanced. What do you think about that? I mean, it's obviously going to help. I mean, you, you look at just what these guys are doing now as they get more serious about their nutrition and their workout regimen, taking the right breaks, et cetera. It's, it's helping them to perform at a higher level. Um, and if you're not having to, you know, live paycheck by paycheck, if you will, or not even really live. I mean, you think of when they, you know, when Macbeth started out, he was probably lucky if he was living at the poverty level and, that's no way to be living. So if you take away all of those, you know, stresses of being able to, you know, go out and do it. Yeah. I I think you're going to see some people that will really start to excel. I also think, 
but that's going to bring other challenges into the sport where as this money grows, there's going to be people who are willing to do things that maybe aren't on the up and up in order to go out and get that money and get that contract. But it'll be interesting to see the kind of talent that comes in. And hopefully uh, we don't get to a, a day and age here in the next decade where we're having to start looking at a lot of PED, you know, problems and people taking, you know, human growth hormone for recovery, those kind of things that help them to perform at a higher level longer. Uh, hopefully it's all done, you know, honest and you don't see that kind of stuff coming into the sport. We appreciate your call very much, Matt. Anytime. Uh, thanks for calling. Yep. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye. Okay, everybody. That was, I thought that was a pretty fantastic call. So, um, yeah, let's, I, let's... Texted, I texted Paul. He did say, he did say 16 major wins. It's the same as page. Actually. He said him and page both have 16 majors under their belts currently. And then how many did you say was Ken Climo just about? I said he had 20, 20. Yeah. 20. And so it's tough. I mean, Right. So then, I mean, if you're going to use that same logic, is Paul better than Clarence? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. someone earlier, some someone earlier in the chat was talking about, you know, the Ricky and the ball and like and stuff like that. I do want to say, I think Ricky is one of the best ever to play disc golf. I absolutely love watching him play. And I think he's incredibly good at it. He's player of the year this year, or excuse me, last year. Insanely good at disc golf. I'm speculating on the point of what do I think is going to happen in the next five years of the sport? I don't think we're going to see a dominant run of what Paul did from 2012 to 2015 in the sport for a very long time. Um, especially with how often the <laughs> course is changing now. It goes around and around and around at this that's, point. I mean, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's going to go around and around because then I'm going to people... say again, well, if he only wins half of that, but it's in a harder competition part of the generation of this golf, is it just as good? So like, we're going to go round and round. Here's why it started. Let's wrap this up. It started because on the course, and I love this, that disc golf is at this place. I was playing uh, against somebody. It's a team challenge, kind of like a match play type deal. And the person that was on our card was saying, oh, Ricky is absolutely the best player, going to have the best career of all time, da, da, da. And I was thinking to myself, how can you just say that? Which is, why did I bring it up on the show? Because it's fun to talk about. Um, so I thought to myself, well, who could it be? If, if, there's people who feel this strongly. Let's just talk about it all. Who do you think it is? And it comes down to fanboying a little bit, I'm sure. But that's where that came from. Uh, I would say anybody else want to talk and close out on that, but I, it just keeps going to go round and round. So let's just end it. Let me ask your thought on this. Paul Macbeth, from what I understand, yeah, I just said I'm ending it, then here we go. He has never really sold a disc once he was like sponsored player. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to sell my discs like that are available to me. I'm selling discs. I don't think he does. He, it, someone can correct me. Um, like, yes, Hannah did fundraiser selling. That was of his. He's given them away for people to sell. A lot of that's charitable. I just felt, and I'm not trying to make a negative spin on this, but it felt weird. That's all I'm going to say, and you can react to it if you want. It felt really weird to see Ricky sign a million-dollar-a-year contract and then a week later to be posting his discs on dollar disc golf auction saying all the supports appreciated. Uh, here's all of my throwers from Innova. Like, and he's putting up one disc at a time. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the support. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making it sound negative, but it, that's because it was weird. It was like, dude, you're making a million dollars a year and you're selling your disc saying, please $5 for shipping, Venmo or PayPal. And it just felt weird. That's all I'm going to say about it. Do you have any reaction? Did either of you guys see that? Well, I mean, I saw him. I mean, he listed one of his 
know, used tournament polos for like 250 bucks or something like that. And the last bit that I saw on it was 80 or 100. I'm not really sure what it's at right now. Um, I don't think it's weird in the sense of like this plastic around and he's not going to use any of that Inaba stuff. So an extra dollar with it. I mean, rich people all the time, the average millionaire has seven in, you know sources of income. Oh. But they do a residual income that go continuously in their lives. So a lot of millionaires are millionaires because they're their money. Like they're not out, you know, spending it in tons of areas, but they're also still looking at ways to make more money. And so if you're Ricky Wysocki and you can sell a polo that you've worn at a tournament before for $250. You damn well should be selling that polo but, and getting two hundred fifty dollars out of it. It's bring this to the major sports. For game. Bring this to major sports. If Tom Brady goes on to an auction page and it's not Tom listed Brady's for charity, worth a billion. But it's dollars. not listed. Okay, million billion. What's the difference? But no, I'm joking about that. But like, if you're going to go on and be like, I'm selling, and you don't say it's for charity, and you're like five dollars for shipping, and you're selling something. My point literally is this: I like Rick. We had him on. I don't think it's. I don't think it's it's bad at all, at all, zero. So to Nick's point, I agree, make the money. I said it felt weird. Does it feel weird to you to hear that, Evan, at all? Or am I way out in left field? I, I see where you're coming from. I personally don't think it's, okay. I, I wouldn't call it weird. Like it, I, I need more context anyways. Like it could be weird, but my initial <laughs> I, reactions, like I don't think it's that weird. I, I'll, I'll say this one, there's plenty of former athletes who like win, win a Super Bowl, maybe not Tom Brady's level. Um, but we'll sell their Super Bowl ring after whether they're uh, maybe in trouble, okay. but just like don't need it or don't want it. Like, okay. I, I don't know, like that that happens. People sell their stuff like I'm sure they sell cleats and gloves and things like that. I don't really know. Yeah. But with with Ricky, like Ari's been in the, in the forefront a lot. She's probably doing all that work. So it's not like I Rick know. on his phone. I know, or but computer. it still looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, OK, he didn't mention that it was for a foundation. Like it still could, could be. be. We don't we don't know that it could be like. Like he could give them all away, but then, you know, the line would be out the door. How do you choose? So maybe this, it's almost like you're not trying to create scarcity, but almost like kind of makes a more organized line to create fandom of Ricky, because now people are going to have a diss that Ricky threw all season or part of the season. And that's going to mean so much to them. And then even if they pay, I don't know what it was going for. Let's say they pay like 50 bucks for a disc and then $5 shipping $55 to throw Ricky's disc. Like, I would pay $55 to have Tom Brady's cleats. And I like, what would I do with them? I, yes, I don't have any idea. I'm not yeah. talking about the people buying it. Like but I would buy it that if creates I fandom. It. So now if I was a fan and I buy Ricky's $55 disc, let's say it's not actual numbers, yeah. but I am a Ricky fan. Like he is my number one player because of that. I have a disc that was his. I am all I'm doing is rooting for Ricky all year long. I'm going to buy all of the discs that he didn't throw, but come from dynamic discs. I am pumped to be a Ricky fan because I have a part of him. It, that sounds weird, but <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean, though. Is he, you know, yeah. the disc that he threw, yeah. it creates that connection. And so, yeah, he, he could have gave him away. Like the money doesn't mean anything, but also like it, then it's like you didn't win it as a giveaway. Like you, Purchased. I don't know. All right. I'm going to just wrap it up because I'm sure I'm getting all the hate. I don't look at the comments anymore after we post a video, but I'm sure you're out there and you're really like wanting to tell me how horrible I am for saying this. I literally am just relating to you how I felt. 
it was the $5 shipping and then the thanks for the support. After he announced a million dollar contract a year, I just felt like, thanks for the support. Like, that's what we say on the Nick and Matt show because we're not making any money and every super chat matters. Thanks for the support. It, I'm using the word weird. Hannah in the chat, thanks so much for being in there. She's like, maybe the word you're looking for is unnecessary. I don't know what the word is. It was just my reaction. I just saw a boatload of discs being sold every day, like singles, singles, singles. The only other thing that I thought that might have looked more normal, that normal's wrong, that makes it negative again too, is, and, I, and how do you do this without making one sound better than the other? Paul has like taken like boxes of discs, of his throne discs, and shipped them to, um, before his foundation started, to Eagle's Wings. Here is a whole box of discs, sell them off however you want, auction them off, all the profits go to you. Again, could Ricky be doing that? Yes. I think it was just my reaction to thanks for the support, $5 shipping, like here's my disc, and I just announced my biggest contract. That's all it was. I, I wish nothing but for the best for Rick, and he should make money however he can. I'll that, leave it with that. I think that's totally fair. All right. That's all. Uh, and, I, and I like stirring conversation. So if you're stirred up and you're listening to this, it wasn't fully my intent, but I knew the topic could possibly get you there. So thank you for participating in that conversation okay um this is a real conversation we're running down to the end here disc golf pro tour tour cards nick do you have a tour card do you have access to a tour card this is disc golf pro tour announced this this year um i'm pretty sure i had access to it i didn't buy it because i'm not doing a full tour this year so for people that are planning on doing the full tour and have the opportunity to do that i have the opportunity to do every single event like i would like to um, but fortunately I'm above thousand rated. So I'm in the tiered registration of the first tier. Um, so I've gotten into every event that I've wanted to so far, which has been nice, but, um, I'm pretty sure I had the opportunity to get a tour card just because of my rating. And I think I'm categorized like in the group of pro tour players. Cause I've played X number of pro tours. I'm not, I don't hundred percent know how it works, but I do know I had the opportunity to buy one. I just personally did not because I don't plan on playing stuff out in california um like i just signed up i'm currently at the moment i'm signed up for waco belton and the open at tallahassee which i'm pretty sure that's florida and then i'm going to take some time in the between that when they go out to the west coast i'm going to do a lot more local stuff in the carolinas virginia stuff like that um and then i do plan on playing beaver state playing because my brother lives out in oregon and it's not on a golf course because I don't really care to play on that many golf courses this year. So, yeah. But anyways, tour cards, yeah. I had the opportunity. And, and Nick generally likes them. We've talked about this before. I think it's cool that they're coming this year. A sidestep to a funny comment that came, at least that hit me humorous. Again, thank you so much for putting up with my conversations here. Um, if, if I wasn't here, we wouldn't have these conversations. Some people may think that's better, but I, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Is um, Someone said... And I'm maybe reading this out of context. Someone said, if we see Ricky with a huge grill, we will know. <laughs> like, I just read that as like, he's selling all his discs. Next thing, he's taking a picture of his, his uh, you know, Corvette. He's like, look what I just got. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just striking me as funny. <clears throat> so what do you think? Tour cards, great thing. I think it's the right step, Evan. Yeah, I love it. I'm all for it. Really, yeah. really anything the Disc oh, Golf yeah. Pro Tour has been putting out lately. I'm like, yep, you're doing it right. Keep on going. Sold on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
we have to realize, and this is going to push a lot of people's buttons, especially Uh-oh. in the New England area, because the two New England events got pushed into playoffs this year. So you have to qualify throughout the year um, by playing Pro Tour or Civil Series events, potentially majors. I'm not sure yet. Um, I do think that they're potentially doing qualifier events for each event uh, that may be in, in like a local area. Once again, I'm not 100% sure. But the sport is growing to a point to where the tour, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is going to be for tour players. I've seen a huge debacle on Twitter lately about all of this. And one of the biggest things is like, I cannot sign up for a PGA tour, you know, like a professional golf event. I would have to, I think it's the Corn Ferry tour. It used to be the web.com tour. Like I would have to work my way up to the amateur tour just to make it to finally potentially get onto a tour card. And then if I don't perform well within a year or two that I think I get a tour card, then I get bumped off of it. And I think disc golf is slowly heading that direction to where we are going to see the disc golf pro tour strictly for pro touring players, which I think is great. But I, I agree. I, I like it too. I think it's the right step. Ch- change is hard. It It is. It's just people don't like it. It's hard to adapt, especially when it affects you. I, I feel for people who, Maybe have been playing um, since it was the Maple Hill Open, Vibram Open, back to the Maple Hill Open, now MVP Open. Who've been playing it for years, or or grew up wanting to play it, and now they're good enough to play it, and now they, it's tough. Like it's tough. I feel for them, but I think it's absolutely the right choice. And I like it. Seems like they're gonna, like you said, have a qualifier event. I don't think it's crazy for the Disc Golf Pro Tour or Steve or whoever um, for the MVP Open to have four to eight spots be open to a qualifier where you don't need a tour card. You just play, you know, um, another tournament in yeah July. And then, yeah. yeah, you get, yeah, four, five, eight spots, like less than 10. I think that's, you don't need more than 10 spots up to a qualifier. And um, I think there was like, there was probably like three or four, you know, New England guys who did really well, the MVP open. And I think they would be good enough to get a tour card or, or commit enough uh, to play more events and, and get on that. Maybe the silver series adds in and maybe you play two Northeast silver series. And if you do well enough, you get in. I, I think there's going to be situations for those people who are good enough to get in. If you're on the last card or second to last card every day, and you're just there for fun, enjoying it, like you might get pushed out, but play good in the qualifier event and you'll still be there. Yeah, I I appreciate yeah. all the input you guys have provided on that. We are down towards the very last minutes of the show, but we'd be remiss not to note Madison Walker. She has, I don't want to say a hiatus. We've mm-hmm. had her on. We've talked about it. She went over to another disc manufacturer for a while. She was kind of injured for a while. Innova had her for a while, all this stuff. She is now re-signed with MVP. So that's MVP's, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say bigger, but as far as social media presence and player experience that's a pretty big signing uh, any reaction to that i think it's awesome i haven't seen madison for a while and so i think it'll be good to see her get back on tour i think uh mvp did need to make some sort of a move this year i do know they re-signed jordan castro to his two-year contract as well but for madison's sake i think that's a big move she does have a social media presence she's done well at events in the past and so i'm curious to see how much she does plan on touring this year but I think it's a I think it's a good move. All right, and then finally, um, I say finally as if it's big news. But Paige Pierce's Fierce documentary released a little trailer. 
saying we're getting close. We're wrapping it up. Here's a little teaser. And I thought it provided some pretty good value for those who like sports documentaries. This should be right up there in that. Um, they're going to tell a story about how she lost worlds, which they had to kind of twist the story. They're in control of the story, whatever it is, they could have made it. So they did that. And then finally, All-Star Weekend was announced, like officially. It was kind of looming out there, you know, when it would happen, but February 11th through 13th. So we're less than a month away from this. 12 of MPO, 12 FPO, the top eight uh, based off of their placement last year, made it in. And then the top, the four behind that was like a fan vote uh, with, I think, input from like a committee or something. So like you couldn't just fan vote somebody in. It had to kind of be like both. Um, but that's happening. What do you think would be improvements in your mind to the All-Star event this year? I, I think everyone was saying it last year. Some sort of skills competition, um, long drive, putting, and then if you can get like kind of target practice type de- uh, type of deal, uh, I I think those are must. Like I think I think those are must. Like that would just be really cool. Um, and I'll say I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen again. But not do worst shot or tough shot. I forget which one was which. But um, best shot doubles fine. Um, then if it turns into singles, like that's all cool. I, I don't really care about the format as long as it's. Uh, I, I want to see good shots. You don't want to show bad shots. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Skill shots. Like, All-Star Weekend, I want to see them having fun. I want to see them, like, (sighs) razzing each other just a little bit. Like, competitive, but, like, friendly competitive. Like, I'm going to make you look bad because I'm going to throw this in the basket. Like, just fun. And maybe they will. They tried to do some stuff at the end of last year's, like, hey, throw over Fountain Hills whole one and, like, try to park it. It was kind of thrown together. like to see something a little more formal. just laughing, and I got to give Matt May a shout-out for this chat. We don't always talk to the chat, but sometimes there's good stuff. A lot of times there is, but this one's really great. Matt May said, Ricky is great, but his deal was basically, quote, give me what Paul got, quote, down to starting a foundation, which is awesome. But if he starts hawking a drink called Fahrenheit, I'm calling foul. <laughs> and, and that's a joke. That one, that one had me dying. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's, that's a joke towards Paul drinking Celsius. So. It's the idea of this guy's just calling out. It's a lot of it seems duplicate, but it has to be somewhat because that's what the nature of the current disc golf is. Like, should he have gotten a lot more than we would have said, oh, it's totally different. What's the saying? Like imitations, the highest form of flattery. Is that right? Yeah. Flattery. Yeah. yeah. Like don't hate, appreciate. Yeah. It means you did well. It means Paul yeah. did well. And it means that Ricky's it, could Ricky. So yeah. Like what would Ricky have to do like to change and be different? Like if he didn't, this, I said this last week, if he didn't do a foundation, people would be like, he's not doing a foundation. So it's like, yeah. Uh, Paul said yeah. a great lead. So if Ricky just copies everything that Paul does, like yeah. there's nothing to hate about that. He's following good footsteps. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a one for one relationship anyways. <laughs> I think Ricky's doing his own things too, but the big things you hear about uh, Fahrenheit. If he does, though, that means Ricky listens to the show and he went down some Fahrenheit. So. All right. Did I miss anything, Nick? What do you want to? What did you want to say? We kind of cut you off the whole night. I I was really muting no, think, you while you talked. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. No, I, well, I was just about to say my AirPods just died out of me. So hopefully the microphone is still. I can still hear it out of my left AirPod right now. But um, no, I'm excited. Hopefully the All Star event has some improvements. I do hope that eventually. 
kind of mid-season all-star event, like during, you know, take three weeks off of the tour, say in the month of June or something like that. I'm just spitting whatever. Um, and then do an all-star event pretty close to where everyone's already at. So people, you know, out in Florida don't have to go all the way to Arizona or Tennessee all the way out to Arizona, whatever. Um, I do hope there's some improvements, though. I think there's a lot to be improved on with it. Uh, but we're also we're in the second run of it. So I'm curious to see how it goes. And I'm excited for it. I'm I'm excited to sit down and watch disc golf again. I'm very excited for that. I don't want to make this to play. I don't want to make this conversation too long either, but I do think it'll be really hard to have kind of a mid season event just because we're jam packing the schedule. It is you have the all-stars to start the season. You have a kickoff. Then before you know it, we're getting ready to go over to Europe. We, as in disc golf as a whole, not me, I wish, but uh, then you, you go to the Europe events then you come back and boom, there's like two events and then worlds playoffs, uh, um, the pro tour championship and UT USDGC. And then the season's over and we're gearing up for next season for those events. I think, I think it's just really hard to plan these, these extra events during the season. I think it makes more sense to be a pre and post season kind of deal. Um, and then like really highlight Europe. I want to see the best players go to Europe. And if you're going to schedule other events while Europe's happening, it's going to be more like silver series. I just, I don't see like, like match play, maybe they find a weekend. Like, I'm not going to knock it if it is that way. I just think it is tough to find a good weekend for your top players when they're all thinking about going to Europe. They're all thinking about coming back and getting ready. And then Worlds is before you know it. It's just, it's tough. I personally feel like this is just about right. I was thinking to myself, when do you want to see it? It's like late off season, like late. And right now for logistics, it makes sense to push it as far as they can. But like anytime in January from now till the first week of February, like I feel like it's pretty perfect to see some type of an exhibition um, skills and all that stuff. That'd be great. And take it somewhere really warm. It sounds like, I mean, is this Arizona, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Tucson. It's like a hundred miles from not even hundred, like 50 miles from Mexico. It's yeah. Down there. Yeah. I mean, it should be somewhere. It'd be cool if like, one day we're all making bank and like they're flying them to like some tropical island. Well, the European Pro Tour is going to Spain um, for their kind of all star event in like November at the end of their season. And with a lot of those events being in Estonia and Finland, and I think Denmark has some, Sweden, getting down to Spain's a lot better of a climate, especially in November. So I think that's very cool too. All or right. Very warm too. <clears throat> I we have I mean there's so much that we could still talk about like PDGA disc golf rules school with Sarah Hokum and Brian Earhart that seems kind of interesting if you haven't seen that go check it out um I, it's get that I don't know that could cause more arguing than anything um so I think we pretty much got there guys we got to the point uh that that point in the show where we've covered everything it's the off season but we just dabbled in a little bit of the play and getting Evan warmed up on the keyboard over there for stats. And like, uh, you're excited, Nick, it's coming. I mean, we still got a couple more weeks. We haven't officially made it, but, uh, we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, people are telling us, Nick, mm -hmm. you need a mic. Do you have a mic? Yeah. So well, I was just kind of <laughs> quoting back to the chat because my audio probably sounds even worse now because my AirPods died. But, um, unfortunately because of COVID going on, I got it recently. Other people that I know close to me got it. Um, I had to, fly back to Massachusetts for personal matters. And it's just been a very, very busy last month due to COVID. 
And so I've not been able to set up exactly what I'd like to set up. And, um, but Hannah did say to me earlier, and she's like, well, we have everything set up at the house now. So if need be, I can go there. Um, if need be, it need be, Hannah, it need we, be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are working on it. Unfortunately, like I said, uh, I just got out of quarantine not too long ago. And pretty much right when I got out of it, I had to go up to Massachusetts. That was the one week that I was, you know, in studio, but give it some time. You know, it's the same thing that happened last year. I moved down to Virginia. It's almost like, you know, give me, give me a week or two. We'll figure it out. <laughs> stick, stick with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I send Nick with equipment. He leaves it home. I mean, yes, it's been, it's yeah. been, it's been a little crazy for Nick. All right. But there's always a place for you here in studio. If you choose to come back, you know, on the weekly, that's fine. So eventually and then we can become a COVID breeding ground. <laughs> See exactly. how many people we can pile in the studio. <laughs> All I can't believe. Okay, we got to wrap up. I can't believe we had like twelve people in here during MVP. Like COVID was not even a concern. <laughs> now it's like massive again. Okay. All right, everybody. Nick, we made it there. If your if your microphone's working like it sounds like it is, you can go ahead and close this out. Cool. Well, to everyone tuning in tonight, thank you so much once again. Appreciate you coming on for episode 74. If you would be so kind as to hit that thumbs up button really quick, like Matt said earlier, it helps out the algorithm coming back onto the Nick and Matt Show channel. Please don't forget to like, subscribe on the channel, comment in the chat. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Once again, we very much appreciate you guys coming into the show tonight. Matt and Evan, thank you so much. Ben, our new intern, will be taking things over soon enough, so we appreciate him coming down. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. Nick, I got to include Ben in this now. Nick, Ben, Evan, you guys are awesome. Peace out. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube. 